Oh my God. I do remember after we did that like reunion entertainment weekly cover of Dawson's Creek or whatever. Uh, I was on a red carpet like not long after that and some entertainment reporter was like, now busy. Uh, Katie Holmes was telling us that there's a group thread now that's really <gasps> lively since the photo shoot. What are some of the things that you guys text back and forth? And I literally was like, Michelle and I were not included on that. I, <laughs> I, have, no, I have no fucking idea. Well, the bad news is that my new recorder has never showed up. Oh, no. But the good news is I have batteries. Oh, great. See? Silver linings. Look for them where you can. (laughs) Look for the rainbows (laughs) and the silver. Look for the helpers. (laughs) Did you ever find your um, mic stand? You're holding your mic, so I'm guessing no. I did. It's in pieces and I can't figure it it out. Got it. So for the time being, we're just going to do this thing (laughs) like this. (laughs) A manual. All right. A manual handheld pod thing. Sorry. I'm, of course, doing something. (sighs) I don't, I don't think it's bad as long as we don't, you know, I don't know what we do. Tap our nails on it or drop it i don't know do what i think like the reason we have a mic stand is so it doesn't like pick up your hand noise Mm. from the mic that's what i'm gathering from other podcasts Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, i've sometimes mm -hmm, been a guest on they're very um strict about having a microphone stand also strict about (laughs) don't ask playing just please don't ask (laughs) Please don't ask. <laughs> that happens Please to me. Don't um, but we don't get in trouble for handling our mics a lot on this podcast. So we're just- We get in trouble for so many other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What just happened with your phone is literally what happens to me anytime I happen to be unmuted for one second on like a Zoom I meeting. Mean, I will uh, literally always accidentally tap my phone and it will start to play a symphony. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I just am like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to repost this thing for human rights campaign. (laughs) I got it. I gotcha. Count me in the moms fighting for rights of transgender kids and people in the country. Yeah. It's getting dark out there. It's getting dark. I mean, I just... It's been dark. It's been dark. It's been, you know, now this goofy goober judge, this this child, unqualified child judge struck down the mask mandate for mass transportation. <sighs> I feel so badly for people. They announced it like it was a triumph in the middle of flights, which I just saw all these tweets from people that were like, I was on a flight with two babies. And they were like, we have good news, everyone. You can take off your masks. The best news. we." And I was just like, airlines, can you give the illusion that you care about all of your customers? 
Can you? Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah. It's so weird. And then I was like, and then I was like, maybe that's individual pilots, but then it seems like a lot of the airlines are putting statements on their websites. One, Mm. I believe Delta said that COVID is now just a seasonal virus. Well, Delta, so glad that I've hired you as my doctor. (laughs) I'm so grateful that you are my medical professional service. Dr. Delta. Well, I'll tell you something. They did not like the naming of that Delta variant, boy. No, they sure didn't. And so they've got, they're trying to course correct. They're steamed as heck. They are. They're mad. They're mad about it. So they're just like... (laughs) Well, fuck it. It's not real. Um, Someone in my family caught that seasonal virus, and uh, it's a whole other season, and they still can't fucking breathe. Can't can't walk around or do their job or breathe or any of that stuff that we need to do in all seasons. So, you know, whatever, Delta. (sighs) Delta was one of my preferred airlines, too. That's, That's a bummer. But I feel like all the airlines are like, yay, whoopee. Somebody said it was like a graduation ceremony. Everyone in, on their flight threw their masks up in the air. That's that bummed me. Totally bummed bizarre. Me but also like, what is wrong with everyone? Again, let's circle back. Yeah. No, everyone has lost the thread. No one knows how to be a human. No one knows what's acceptable. No one knows how to behave. No. I am including myself. However, people don't know how to behave more than us, though. That's what I'm going to say. In the in the hierarchy of who knows how to behave, I feel like we might not be at the top, but we're not at the bottom. Did you see the video that was going around of the people that stood up to perform um, a jaunty Christian religious song on the airplane? And everyone was like, what the actual fuck? Like, you just can't do that for a million reasons. And, you know, so many Muslim people were like, oh, what if I got up to sing a Muslim song on on my flight? How do you think that would go? But um, my favorite is just this man's face in the video who's like, he just has this, like, beleaguered thousand-yard stare. Like, I can't believe I'm stuck here. I didn't see it. I saw someone posted it, and I was like... Well, just because you had to sit through that shit doesn't mean I have to. <laughs> I am <laughs> not, not currently trapped in the air. It's just um, weird. It's just a weird... Bizarre. It is bizarre. It's such a weird... It's a weird thing. It's unique, right? It's unique to... People, I guess, are sometimes so taken with their own religion that they assume that they're spreading joy and that no one could have any other feeling about it besides like just delight that they're being sung onto um you know and that it happens everywhere it happens in on your streets your street corners in new york city happens in the subways certainly we've seen it you know what just like people proselytizing or like yeah busting out a guitar Spreading the uh-huh. good word, but on an airplane, it seems particularly. I don't like any kind of group activity on an airplane. Yeah, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna say no. It. I'm gonna say it. It's not the time nor the place, y'all. Like, Sit the fuck down. If if Gloria Estefan was on my flight and she wanted to like take the speaker and sing like 
the conga song, I would probably be a little into it. But that is such a fucking wild and random. Because <laughs> like everyone pull. would join in and like, I think that would be okay. Come and- on, shake your body, baby. Do that conga. <laughs> yeah. Like that'd be okay. That doesn't exclude anyone. I mean, it excludes people who don't know how to shake their bodies and do the conga. It's true. It's true. But I mean, you know. Listen, we're not, we're not breaking new ground here. Yeah, we're not going to solve it here. I just am, I'm at a loss again, again, at a loss. Continually, should we change this podcast's name to Busy Phillips? Is that a loss? (laughs) No. (laughs) Here's what, every few weeks, Busy wants to change the podcast. And Busy Phillips to what is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Busy Phillips is a little hungry, but not so hungry that she needs to eat a full sandwich. I uh, didn't make it to my workout today. Oh, no. Two. And by two, I mean clicking play on that television behind me. Just I had like a bunch of shit happening. And we're trying to do guys for you listening at home. We're trying to get our pod. It is Tuesday, but we're trying to get it done on the earlier side because I need to pick up Miss Cricket from school today. Yeah. Um, And... And then it was just like, like, just, it was like a comedy of, it wasn't a comedy at all. It was just like a bunch of weird, small, annoying things that added up to like me not, like, it was like one of those things where at a certain point I was like, well, I could start it now. Right. Or honestly, after I get cricket, I can probably work out while she's zoning out on her yeah, she does. She does iPad. all kinds of. She's like coding. She's doing. <laughs> Holy things. shit, though. No, for real. Yeah, I know. I was watching her last night before bed, illustrating on one of her things. So, like, Cricket's eight guys at home and a second child, which means that she's had an iPad in her little hands since birth. <laughs> and she's talented. Yeah. She has a talent. The child has a talent at editing mm-hmm. and also at uh like illustrating on like iPads using the i the pencil thing. Yeah. Yeah. She was showing me like a little she music was, thing that she made. It was very cool. She's like she's like editing videos together for friends now. Yeah. Like it's so adorable. I mean should I hire her to just run my social media? Yeah, that would be probably actually probably that would probably actually be super entertaining. I was I, I'm wasn't even joking. I can't say what it's for on the podcast because, well, but I was going to ask if Cricket would help me with a project, a non-video project. Mm. But she's she probably was she's, if she's available. I know she has school. She's, I mean, listen, she does have school, but. Tech of ale, you know. <laughs> well, I'll see. I'll I'll talk to her. Oh, look, her I just got an email for don't miss Nick Kroll. We're all doing our best at Largo. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Nick Kroll. I won't miss it. 
or excuse me while I miss it. I don't know. This whole podcast has always just been a promotion for Nick Kroll's We're All Doing Our Best. Even well, yeah, before it existed, we were obviously. we had a feeling he was going to do it. And so that's what the podcast was. That's why we can never change it. Um, That's right. <laughs> we love Nick. I just saw him in something. Oh, that anthology series, Roar, the feminist anthology series, Roar, that is on one of the streamings, I believe, Apple Plus. Liz Flayhives. Yes, yes, yes. It's like... You know, I've known Liz since I was 17 years old. I know you've 16, known her for a long time. Years. I recognized her name. I don't think I've ever met her, but... um. But yeah, it was. It's interesting. It's like a black mirror for feminism. Oh, that's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah, it's with her. There was I mean, one that was wild. I'm, old, I'm, I'm only slightly upset that I wasn't asked to participate in any way, but that's okay. Well, maybe they figured you were busy with Girls Five Eva. Um, <laughs> there was one that was wild. I'm Anyone not gonna... who checks in. Anyone who checks in on my Instagram knows that I'm tech avail. <laughs> Anyone who does a little, you don't even have to do a deep dive. You can just do a tiny little dig. It's not even a big dig. Hmm. It's a real, it's a real surface dig. Well, I don't, it's a scratch. Yeah. In fact. And then you're like, oh, well, <laughs> she's I, around. I'm not sure. Maybe she thought you're still retired. I don't know. People, maybe people think Girls 5 Eva is the only thing you want to act in and that you're still not, who knows? Who knows? Ask, we have to ask Liz Flayhive. Let's ask her why she didn't call you. But anyway, there's one that's wild. I mean, that's what I'll say. If you tune into it, some of them you'll be like, oh my God, like I totally get the message. Some of them are a little bit like, it's a little bit of a thinker. But then there's mm -hmm. one um, starring one Merritt Weaver, who I love. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's called the episode is called "The Woman Who Is Fed by a Duck," and um, yeah, I'll just say it made everyone in my family scream. I don't, I don't want to scream. There was a lot of screaming. I don't want to scream. It wasn't, it wasn't scary. This is disgusting. I don't want to be disgusted. I'm it disgusted depends. by life on a daily basis. I saw a rat today <laughs> that was completely broken open and it's guts like newly broken open sometimes you'll see a yeah, flat rat sure in new york city and it's like this kind is of dry rat. no big well just like flat yeah, yeah it was it's just like it's a dehydrated a desiccated rat. Rat. <laughs> looks like it looks like somebody put it in the ron popeil food dehydrator <laughs> machine no this rat was literally had just been run over by a garbage truck yeah. or something and it was i 100 percent Started gagging, almost vomited. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's so, what, that, the time. I don't need to be grossed out by fucking Merritt Weaver <laughs> licking a duck or whatever happens. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know. Here's also, here's also where we're at now that I'm back to working out on the regular. I mean, I watched those first couple episodes of um, Severance and I was so excited about it. But now that I'm back to working out regularly, my television viewing time is really taken a nosedive. And I was so excited about it. Everybody says it's their best new show and blah, 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 blah. Can't, haven't gotten back to my friends and severance. Huh. 
I, ha- I can't go back. I mean, I will, but yeah. I just, am, I don't have any time. Um, it feels like I should have more ability to focus on consuming media. Hmm. I don't know what the solve is for that. I mean, I get you're just, none. yeah, you're just a busy person. I don't know. I also have Girls 5 Evas coming out. Yeah. So you won't even have time to watch that probably. Well, let me, real talk. I have all the episodes right here. Oh. And I, and I haven't gotten to it. And they're really funny. Yeah. I will say I watched the first three and a half and I'm like, Obsessed. It's so good. Oh, good. How but many are wait, there? Didn't in we total? talk about this? However many there were last year, eight. Okay. Um, did we? Did talk we talk about, about this? How funny girls five of us? Uh, no, that just I was having a hard. I was having a difficult time watching it because I feel like oh, you, I don't look you don't like yeah yeah like yourself. So that's but that's like yeah that's a different that's a different story that, for a different day. It's a different story Not for today. a different day. Also, like. I don't know. That's, I get it. That's a hard thing. That's like, do you remember, like, so many people were kind of mean about it, but I actually thought it was kind of cool. And I'm glad that some people that I know still do it, but somebody started some like Instagram movement a couple years ago where people would hashtag, women would hashtag like a photograph of themselves, like 365 feminist selfie. And like, people were like, very mocking of it, which I understand because people have to... I don't know what that means. 365 feminist selfie, is that what it was? It was just a challenge to post a selfie Mm -hmm. of yourself like every day. And for you, as a person that Instagram was an important part of your career, I totally get like why that wouldn't even be on your radar. But for other people who just... You know, there's that thing that we talk about all the time, how like moms and women are never in the picture. They always offer to take the picture. And they, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't... My hair's not done. My I don't have makeup on. I can't be in this photo. And so it was kind of interesting, just like a challenge to people to take a picture of yourself, like document yourself and and do it every day. And it was really, I felt like it was really good for me because I really hated it. <laughs> like a lot of things that are good for me, I really hated it. But also like, it just got me used to like being in the picture, which is something that is, you know, is not always easy for me. So I, I appreciated it, but I get like when you say, are you supposed to like cut them all together? Nope. You just post a picture of yourself every day. And I was like working at watch what happens live at the time. So like sometimes my hair would be dirty. Sometimes I would be like starved and exhausted. Sometimes this wasn't a thing that you just did. No, no, it was a couple years ago, but it was, um, more than a couple years ago. We were working together. It's true. It's more than a couple years Uh, ago. Well, a couple years ago was the pandemic started. Yeah. It's a few years ago. It was probably, we were working together. (laughs) 17 years ago when the internet started, there was, there was a trend Uh, that you participated in and it really was good for you. Well, I feel like whenever women participate in a trend, people really um, give it a rough time. And and right, oh my god, always right. It's so it's such fucking bullshit. Sometimes, rightly so. Like sometimes it is goofy, but sometimes it's just like pretty fucking harmless. Or like in my case, I found it to be really helpful. And so I still have a few friends who are like, I have one friend who is like straight up 
gorgeous, um, like objectively gorgeous and always looks gorgeous and she still does it. And I'm like, well, of course you look gorgeous in every single photo. But um, I'm glad she does. It always makes me happy when I see it. Were you supposed to use like the same angle, the same? Nope. You could just do whatever you whatever your heart felt Mm -hmm, like. mm -hmm. So mine was a lot of very dark pictures in the back of town cars going home very late at night from work. But other sometimes other ones too. But it was just a good exercise for me to like take a picture of myself, like see myself because, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to like get into judgment about filters and stuff like because I'm not a huge filter user, but I realize that there are filters like ever like on the Zoom. I think right now there's a filter, maybe. Is there? Maybe. I think so. I mean, I know Zooms have like some filter or whatever. Who I knows? think you have to put them on. Wait, hold okay. on, let's look. I don't know. Cause I I can't. I can't look at my OSUs. I have my HD thing on. You, that's the opposite Video. of a filter. <laughs> Yeah, and I and it says video filters none. There you go. So, so. um but, you know, I, and I think like sometimes filters are so great like they just really help like a not great picture look better like by changing like the light source or whatever, but also sometimes people use filters and whenever somebody uses a filter so you can just see their nostrils and not even that they have a nose and they look like like a little space alien. I kind of can't deal with that. Oh, and I don't have the touch up my appearance thing on either. Oh, you don't? You don't? No. I don't know. I mean, I, I know it exists on everything. I don't... Well, I was going to say, I'm not like a big... Um, I'm not a big huge filter user mm. unless someone asks me to filter a photo that we're like in together, which fine. Mm. Um, but I do appreciate it when like my camera is smeared or when it's humid outside and it makes everything look like a white diamonds commercial. I do like that. So, you know. I mean, <laughs> I always, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of just over it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just not really, mm, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me. Well, there are lots of reasons why. (laughs) (laughs) We could get into them at another time, but not today. Not this week. Oh, we're just not. Maybe next week. We're not getting into it this week. I just don't feel like it this week. I don't feel like it this week, but I will. I will next week. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe next week. We've been talking about the How to Buy a Home podcast for a bit. Love it. Well, host David Sedoni has been helping first-time home buyers figure out how to buy a house in every kind of real estate market imaginable. And can I tell you something? Not just first-time. Not just first-time homeowners. (laughs) Home buyers. Home buyers. Because it's a crazy market and rules, things change. And if you've been in a house... Yeah. For 15 years and you're like all of a sudden like, oh, I think I'd like to move. Right. Listen, you could like really benefit from the How to Buy a Home podcast because David has the tools every buyer needs in their tool belt. Yeah. It's in, by the way, like he is so inspiring. I think one of the things that sort of is daunting when you're looking into buying a home, even if you've done it before, is like, is just 
you feel like you don't know the ropes. You feel like you don't know the language. You feel like you need an entire education. And he gives you that education. It's like if they offered a degree in knowing how to buy a house, he gives you that education. And suddenly you feel like, oh, I can do this. I could do this. Listen, in the How to Buy a Home podcast, he answers many questions. Some like, how the hell do I do this in 2022? There are stories from other listeners who have made it happen for themselves. He answers questions like, what if I'm not ready yet? How do I even start? Can I buy a home with a 600 credit score? Just FYI, the answer from him is yes. Yes, you can. The higher your score, uh, the better your rate will be. But you can still buy a house with a 600 credit score, which is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. David has helped making buying a home a reality for so many people. In fact, he recently released an emergency episode of How to Buy a Home all about the bidding wars of 2022 with insider tips and tricks to win. I've you had, know, we love an emergency episode. I love an emergency episode. I've also, I'm pointing several friends of mine to that emergency episode because I've had multiple friends who've been looking for houses in Los Angeles who've been like outbid multiple yeah. times. Yeah. In so, New York, we were we were being consistently outbid when we were trying to buy a home and it's really discouraging and it makes you feel like this might not be for me. And so David is here to tell you, no, it's totally for you. Here's how you do it. And listen, he can even connect you with a great realtor in your area. Don't rely on old information when it comes to buying a home. Get the latest on the How to Buy a Home podcast and make this the last year you rent. Listen to the How to Buy a Home podcast today. Find How to Buy a Home on YouTube and also wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, our next sponsor, Busy Bee Crafts, is a brand created by one of our listeners. Thanks for supporting the show, Brittany. Listen, all Brittany ever wanted was to get through her hectic day while looking effortlessly adorable. That's all any of us want. I mean, let's be real. That's why she started Busy Bee Crafts, a one-of-a-kind collection of handmade headbands that truly has something for everyone. They release new headband collections seasonally for spring, summer, fall, and winter. Brittany is like a classically very busy New Yorker, just a gal <laughs> who created gal. Busy Bee Crafts out of a desire to look adorbs throughout the day, regardless of what it might bring. If looking put together despite not having had time to wash your hair is on your bucket list, you've come to the right place. That's what Brittany says, and I agree. I agree as well. They're only 15 bucks. That's the best part for me. I like, I want to look adorbs, but like in a moderately priced way. And they're super cute. Also, they like, I like how they wrap around my head. Birdie has taken a couple of them. Right. And they stay put. I have like really sort of thin, fine hair. And so they stay put in my hair, which is a nice thing. They're also very soft. Birdie has very much enjoyed the one that they stole for their hair. So I know. I know. It's always good. It's always good. And listen, Mother's Day, right around the corner, Busy Bee Headbands make an excellent gift for the busy mom in your life. Mom, 
I think you know what you're getting. <laughs> if you need a Busy Bee headband in your life, you're in luck. Busy Bee Crafts is offering an exclusive discount to listeners of Busy Phillips is doing her best. Just in time for Busy Bee's next basics collection launch on April 25th at noon Eastern. Just go to Busy Bee Crafts and enter promo code BEST for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y-B-C-R-A-F-T-S dot com. Promo code BEST. One more time. Go to BusyBeeCrafts.com. Use promo code BEST for 15% off your first purchase. You're going to be feeling adorbs effortlessly in no time. I am covered in bug bites, Casey. What's happening? Well, so, oh boy. The kids had like a weird long break last week. Right. And I had to work because I was doing all that press, but Mark took Birdie. Well, wait. So Mark was going to take the kids to Charleston to see our friends. Sure. My friend Claire was coming in from England with her kids who Birdie is really good friends with. Right. So Mark was going to take the kids because I was working. And then Cricket informed us, thank God, that she had Tinker Day on Thursday Aww. before Good Friday that she couldn't miss. Tinker Day was like, like you know, a science sure. experimental fun day. And she just really wanted to do it, as you would, as any of us would. <laughs> sure. Um, and so even though it was stressful and a little bit of a South by Southwest vibe for me, it's okay. It made it through because I was like doing my press junket yeah. and everything. Yeah. I was like, just leave Cricket and I'll just take, I'll just take care of Cricket. But then Cricket was like really sad not to get to go to South Carolina. So then I looked and it was like not expensive and just whatever. It was fine. So we went down. Uh on Friday. Yes, on Friday. Right. Just for two days. I mean, like, yeah. it's really close yeah. to New York. Yeah. It's not like it was when I lived in L.A. to get exactly. to Charleston. Exactly, yes. Impossible. So, um, I saw your Instagrams with um, jellyfishes, and I assumed that you were in Charleston. Jellyfishes. Yeah. We were. But um, my friend Claire and I took our our little ones out on kayaks. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing I'm not great at <laughs> is kayaking. I'm just going to say I get very tired. Yeah, it's fucking tiring. Children oftentimes do nothing. Right. Except add lots of weight yeah. to your kayak. Yeah, it's too, it's too much kayaking. Well, I also was like kind of, I don't know. I think I was just, I was really, really tired just from the week of press and travel and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like I just wasn't really thinking and it wasn't, it was kind of like overcast and a little rainy. Yeah. So two things that I, I always have sunscreen on my face because I just always do. Yeah. But for some reason, I didn't put any sunscreen on my body. Oh, no. And I put no bug spray no. on me. And I, we weren't even working together back then. But 
Like South Carolina, the first time I went there to do vice principals, however many, seven years ago. Oh my God. Eight years ago, literally. Yeah. Whoa. Eight years ago, I was bit so horribly by bugs that it created some sort of like systemic allergic reaction. Oh no. And I like ended up getting this like crazy rash for, and like then hives and stuff. Like I'm, I, I am reactive. Yeah. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Oh my God. But anyway, so we, but Claire had told the kids that we were going to kayak out to this place called Shark Tooth Island, which is not an island, but it sounds a little, it sounds yeah, very sounds appetizing cool. for kids like Shark Tooth Island. What kid wouldn't want to go there? Yeah. I mean, it is like a, it's a little inlet thing. Anyway, it is weird to me how currents work that like certain beaches get all the sea glass or right. all the trash yeah. or all the shark teeth. Yeah. So this little beach gets, I guess, all the shark teeth. I'd never been there in all my years. But it also gets all of the tiny um, mosquitoes that you can't see. Sure. And they just bite the shit out of you. Oh, my God. Um, so I'm like 100% covered in these tiny little bumps. And I'm just like praying that they don't cause that thing again. Because I don't want to deal with that shit right now. I feel, but I feel like you would have maybe already started to get it. I'm So fingers crossed that you won't. Probably. Although I will say that my itchiness two days after was way worse than like day of or next day of. Oh my God. But so these shark teeth are like real little. Yeah. They're teeny tiny little shark teeth. Um, These little black shiny shark teeth. And it kind of takes, because there's all these shells and broken bits of shells and all this other stuff on the beach. It takes you a minute to find them. Right. You know, it's sure. not like very obvious that they're just there, right, you right. know? You gotta look. You have to look. And uh Claire and her daughter have been doing this every summer of the kids the kids an expert at it. Cricket and I obviously had just showed up yeah, to do it. Sure. First timers. Also I was a little stoned maybe. All right. Um which, I mean, only helped in searching <laughs> for the shark teeth. But Cricket, like, for the life of her, could not find a fucking tooth, you know? And I'm sure lots of people had this experience over the weekend because it was yield, hide the eggs yes. for a lot of people. Yes. And, like, you know that one kid that just can't Never. find yeah. an egg yeah. to save their life? Yes. And they're, like, staring at the egg and they're just in tears, like, can't find it? Yeah. So I could see Chris, Chris, Christy. Nope, that's not her name. Cricket. I could see Cricket getting more and more frustrated, like as the minutes went on. And, and Elsa was like, I found another one. Uh, Here's another one. Oh, look, I found three in one go. You know, and like, also, by the way, there's nothing cuter than a child with a British accent. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's just true. It's true. It's the cutest. They're always talking about cello tape and things I, mean, I never it's heard just of. Insane. <laughs> I, it's just so cute. Anyway, she's adorable. But uh, I could just see Cricket like the frustration mounting. Yeah. And I was like, after a few minutes, like 
was like got it and like could see them and could find them pretty quickly. So then I was like, wait, Cricket, come here. I want to, I want to see if you got a bug bite. So she like walked over to me and I was like, hey, here, go find this one. (laughs) And I like palmed it to her. Yeah. This is a thing I've never done as a parent. (laughs) Like I've never, I just haven't. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why I've ever, I've not done it. I mean, you were like conspiring. Well, let me tell you something though, by the way, this is like, this is how my brain works. Yeah. I had found, I was like holding four yeah. in my hand Yeah, and I only gave her one. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? You're like, and I want to help you, but after- I still want to beat you. <laughs> yes. I swear to God. And I was like, what am I doing? And afterwards I was like, wait, come here, come here. Come here. Oh my God. But, but so I was like, here, go find this one whatever. I handed it to her and what Cricket was like, like for, what came over was like kind of frustrated yeah. when she came over to me. Yeah. And I gave her, palmed her the little shark too. Yeah. And then she looked up with me with such sincerity, nodded like a little soldier <laughs> and was like, thank you. And said it like, said it so um, like matter of fact, <laughs> just like, thank you. Uh, and then walked away. And I didn't teach this child how to do this. Is I'm telling you this is this is why I'm yeah, telling you this is the first yeah. time I've ever done this. Walked away and didn't find the shark tooth. I was like, what the fuck's happening? Two minutes later, I found my first one. <laughs> I was like, girl. The acting gene smart. is strong. Smart. That's it, it or or like the deception gene. Well, what is acting? But I don't know. Lying I don't for know. <laughs> with makeup on. Pretending cute, with beautiful and makeup. Cute clothes. I feel like um wh- I had a a sea glass experience where I feel like my aunts were like older sisters, like they were six and seven years older than me, I think. And um so there was a time when I think they thought I was a little pain in the ass. And then there was a time where they grew up a little bit and they were like truly big sisters who loved me and loved everything that I did. And I think there, I remember a beach trip where I eventually caught on that they were leaving sea glass for me to find. I thought I was finding so much sea glass. And then I noticed like how much they were enjoying, how excited I was. And I was like, those bitches are leaving it for me to find. I th- Wait, listen, I thought about that at first. <laughs> I did think about doing that. But then I was like, I wanted the credit for it, you know? <laughs> plus, I really did. Plus, Cricket I really would have the credit it out sooner than me. She was Oh, yeah. Sharper. Cricket's smart. And like, and I just, I really felt like it could be like a thing between, you know, Cricket and I have, little Cricks has been having, um, it's the push-pull of this age. Yeah. Because this is when they start to want to like stretch their independence yes, and their autonomy, is... especially from their mom, yeah. you know, yeah. right? So eight, nine, almost, Cricket will be nine this summer, yeah. in a couple months. And this is like, she's really the last, I've noticed it the last couple months. Yeah. And really, and really the last few weeks. Yeah. Like it's really taken a, oh Yeah, God. like she, she oh, has no. a... I'm not, I'm not like the one that can do no wrong anymore. Right, right. Which is right. like as a parent, it's, I mean, with Birdie, it happened when 
they were two and a half. But <laughs> I, no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. No, but the, yeah, it's interesting. I just remember how much I loved being eight. So I'm I'm always excited for especially an eight year old girl eight to this day in my forties. Being eight was my favorite age. Okay. I actually think being nine was mine. Oh, okay. See? Fourth grade for yeah. me. It was fourth grade. Is that eight? Or, is that nine? I think you're nine in fourth grade. Because yeah, I was, I was thir- in third grade. I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. Cricket's eight. She'll be nine next year in fourth grade. Yeah. Um, guys, we've really figured it out. We did the math. <laughs> what was your favorite we age, everyone at home? Up. Yeah, I I mean, listen, is there something just magical about that age? Because it really fourth grade was my favorite year. Also, we did realize later that was my favorite school year. And I loved Mrs. Corsino. Shout out, Mrs. Corsino. Um, We did figure out that was the one year my parents had me on some sort of ADD medication. Oh, well, that's probably... Remember? And then they took took me off of it. And then fifth grade was like a shit show. Oh, We didn't figure that out till three years ago, guys. Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. Well, Could have been a doctor. I'm glad you had a good age nine. I think it's like the year that you figure out, like when you're a little girl, you figure out that you don't have to be polite all the time and that like you have a voice and that you know shit. It's like when you know you know shit and you can still get away with being wacky. It's like the one year... Being eight or nine, it's not one year, but it is the, it's like a period of time, I think, when in the course of a girl's life where you just Mm. don't feel like you have to conform or like conform to any standards. Like, I think you just feel like Mm. you could fit anywhere because you're not grown up. And so you're not worried necessarily like about how you look, hopefully, and it's, like you're at an age where you're still cute. So if you're funny, people really appreciate it instead of like when you're a little bit older and you try to be funny and people are like, you're a try hard or you should be more ladylike or whatever. I just think it's such a great age. And you also figure out that like, you know how smart you are. You can be independent and you, yeah, you just, you just know a lot of things that you didn't know when you were seven. I think that's all true. I think it's true too. I'm I'm happy for cricket, but I know it's it's super hard to that feeling when you're like, oh, my baby is grown up. It is hard, and you got all those bug bites. Ugh, not worth it. Not worth it for the the teeth. For the- More bug bites than teeth, by the way. <laughs> More bug bites than shark. What teeth. is? I mean. It's so annoying that sharks have so many teeth. They can just lose them indiscriminately. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Um, I was so excited because I was reading an article that Los Angeles or California may or may not release those, like, bioengineered mosquitoes that make, like, female mosquitoes infertile. And uh, everybody else is like, this is this is the start of, like, a sci-fi movie. And I was like, hell no, get those... Get those engineered no, what mosquitoes the, what was going. The, yes, because what was the start of the sci-fi movie? You know, right? What el, what happened in LA? It's not just global warming, although that has added to sure. it. Yeah, mosquitoes showed up from a shipping container that didn't get like 
properly debugged or whatever. And they made their way into Los Angeles County. Now, they probably, probably would have just died. Right. Because, but the county or the city or I don't even fucking know, probably county, decided to release these other mosquitoes to eat those mosquitoes. Okay. And those are the ones that survived and now are living. And they're... In Los Angeles. I remember the days before mosquitoes. Oh, wait, Gina's back. Hold on. (laughs) She's going to be wet and covered in mud. Hold on. Oh, shit. Gina's wet. Hi! I mean, I don't even know how to describe to you how dirty and wet she is. (laughs) Well, I think I just did. Oh, Gina. Gina's a mess. I need to, like, give her a bath. But I'm concerned because... The bathtub here at Casa Kismet does not, the bath situation, the shower, doesn't have like a spray a thing, sprayer. you know? yeah. And I suppose I could, ooh, I bet I could order one. You could order one and just install right? it. And it, your... it would like go on the um, thing, maybe? Um, the I, faucet? I don't remember what your shower head looked like, but you can probably just add one Ugh. to your shower head if you wished to. Or you the could... shower. I mean, the shower head in... Casa Kismet is leaves something to be desired. Oh, so you could just replace it with one that has a handset. That's so smart. I mean, why we're friends. You just, you know, you got to make it what you need for Gina so she can get sprayed off. Or you could just add. Yeah, a thing I got to your, I got to spray her off. Add a thing to your faucet. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But Gina lived her best life today. I mean. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, I think that Gina has lived her best life since birth. Yeah. Do you think, no? Yeah, yeah I think no, she I think so. Um, Casey, also, let's get back t- into like what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? Well, I'll, I'm ready. I'm ready. I haven't done shit this week. I had the best intentions, Great. but mm-hmm. I, you know, what well, this week is yesterday's was Monday. I know. What are you but, talking about? You just mean yesterday and today? Yeah, I mean yesterday and the hour before you got <laughs> on this call. Here's the thing for me uh-huh. is that like because of like my husband's weekend is on like Wednesday and Thursday, I have no mm. sense of what a week is. And I have like plans to do things at all times. But I really have been, ugh, I just, I really have to like just get my shit together. But like I had the best laid plans this week. I got my period. It was a fairly debilitating uh period ordeal very yes still ongoing and then yesterday I was trying to like be productive and you know just do a simple chore just accomplish a simple chore and I broke a wine glass loading the dishwasher and then unloading the dishwasher cut myself really badly on a pizza cutter which seemed like a a very particular <laughs> betrayal. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, the I just the the universe wants me bleeding right now. What is happening? And it was a lot of blood. And um, and then I was like, oh shit! If my husband was here, he has like these good like industrial band aids. 
and but he wasn't and it was just bleeding everywhere and all I could do was sit down and then my son was like oh I have good band-aids and then he ran and got and then I was like why is my whole family like hoarding like special (laughs) band-aids like every individual man in my family apparently has their own stash of like specialty band-aids that you know in their in their personal effects but um anyway I was grateful for the band-aid and I was just like I just called it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to continue with dishes. Not even that. So just one of those weeks. I'm very salty this week. I feel salty too. I feel you. <laughs> but yes, what are we doing with our lives? We have to... We got to figure it out. We got to do something. It's... it's. I will say it is... Um, hi, little orange cat. <laughs> There's a little orange cat on the wall watching us do the podcast. Um, I will say that it's really hard for me to, like I have things that I want to do, but I keep agreeing to do shorter term things for small amounts of money. And I think that has been my mentality like my entire career. Like even when I had a full-time job, I would still take like one of these side jobs for like a small amount of money because I just Mm -hmm. have that like feast or famine mentality. And um, I think I have to maybe stop doing that. I've gotten a little better at being like, I don't have to do this. I don't need to do this. Or like, even though the money would be good, like this job wouldn't be good. Like for my soul, it's not Mm -hmm. what I need to be doing right now, but I do have to get a little better at it. And there are just certain things that like, I shouldn't, I don't know. I don't want to say it sounds like, like I shouldn't still be doing, but like if I've been doing something for like 10 years or something, maybe I should graduate past doing that, you know? I do. Yeah. And I think that like, I do feel like we need to like, just consider <laughs> that there that that there's like more mm. to be that we could be doing yeah that than just waiting for the phones to ring yeah well like our friend Nia Vardalo said you have to call yourself if the phone's not ringing you have to I mean call but like yourself. the thing is but this is what but this is what you're saying. This is what I'm hearing you say. May I offer yes, that? Yes, yes. What I'm hearing you say is that the phone is pretty, like, rings a lot, but just with, like, a bunch of bullshit. And same, though, same yeah. here. Sorry, I'm pouring water, guys. I got to drink. Right. Got to drink some water. Got to hydrate. Especially if I'm going to get that workout in there. <laughs> um, and, like, in a weird way, sometimes the phone ringing a lot with not exactly the right thing. Right is more difficult. Right. Because you're like, well, I'll just put this other shit to the side for the second, for this minute, and I'll get back to it. Next thing you know, you're 85 years old. (laughs) And you never got back to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if Betsy Ross wanted to make dresses? You know what I mean? What if? She was just like sewing fucking people's flags and like just doing all the little tasks that people and that's like what we know her for and maybe she was like wanted to be famous for cross stitches you know right but then also you could argue one might be able to make the argument that sometimes you think that your journey is one thing right 
but then you find out that it's really right. the making flags. Right. Sometimes you think you're the next America's next top designer. Right. Design star. But you're America's next but top. But really flag, flag star. maker, flag star. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I put something on Instagram um, this week that it's so funny because everyone always is like, is this about me? And I'm like, no, no. I'm just talking about like a general trend that I see. But I was saying like, you know how like when people are like, oh, I can't learn another social media platform. I'm out. I said, that's me when someone changes their personal brand again, like their public brand. And because I just feel like that. What does that mean? Tell me, tell me. I'm, I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I'm asking a lot of questions. No, that's okay. I think like, it's great. What does that like mean? When? Well, I was talking about it like in relation to like you know you follow influencers and things like that, and like when you know them for one thing for acting, and then they become like business person but then like they shift everything to like activism or whatever because they decided that like business is bad or whatever like it's a little bit of that lip that lip lash whiplash that we were talking about not exactly the same as like whiplash with like social issues or whatever but just a little bit of like I'm so happy for that person's journey but at some point like I can't I just can't follow it or whatever. So I don't want to be like that. And I don't think that I am like that. Like, I think that, I think that you and I have right, had I like, a particular- that definitely could be me. No, no, I don't think that's true. I think that we have had a particular mission. And I think you, like me, have been doing everything all at once too. I don't think you've been, maybe like one time you were like, I'm not going to act anymore. I'm going to shift to this. And then you like gradually got back into acting. But that was like... Well, by the way, by the way, let's be clear. Yeah. I don't audition for shit. Yeah. that's. I'm not like actively pursuing right. acting right. in the way that most people that I'm friends with who are still right. acting are. Right. Like I literally have not auditioned for an acting job. Wait a minute. In a while. Eight years? Yeah. So seven, I, yeah. Seven, so I no, don't really, eight years. I don't really. It's think, been eight years. I don't really think that's like rebranding yourself or whatever. But I just feel like I'm so happy for anyone's journey. It's just that I can't get so invested in a journey. And then also sometimes I feel like when people keep changing their journey and like making a big announcement that they're that what they're doing and who they are and their brand is changing again, that their mission is changing. I just kind of feel like, but you made me care about that other thing. And now you're saying- what are, Who are we talking about? I want to know names. I you don't, can bleep I it don't out. Wanna, I don't want to. I need to know names. It's just, like, it's just a trend like in general, like you know, with people that are influencers and famous people. And I'm just like, Ugh, I just never know. I just never know what I'm supposed to care about. And it makes me think that they didn't really care about any of the stuff that they were saying before. But I think it's just a function of, again, like the onlineness and like, I shouldn't really know so much about all these people to begin with. So what I was trying to say anyway, probably really inarticulately, is that like, I am proud of us because I think that all of the things we're trying to do have to do with one another. And we never say like, I'm, you know, I'm not 
doing that anymore. I'm doing this, you know, forget about, like, I think that everything I'm trying to do is all in the same vein and it has the same mission. I just think that I have to stop taking a call that derails me from the mission for like whatever it is, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks for like, especially for a small amount of money. If it was a lot of money, derail away, derail me all you want. But it's it's never a lot of money. Well, that's what I always say. Yeah. I'll do that. I have got I've got a I got a price. Yeah, we got you know what I, mean? I got a family to feed. I got a I got a car bill to pay. I mean, I have a parking lot to pay <laughs> in New York. Fuck me. Like I just also don't think that I'm not gonna find out who it is offline. <laughs> <laughs> just FYI. Don't think that that's not going to happen. I have some guesses. I've got some ideas. I just don't want to, you know, because it, I don't want to say because I, it could be like an unfair characterization. Like my my impression of it, it could be not someone's intent at all and not the way they see it at all. So I don't want to be like, I think so-and-so is so, you know, disingenuous or whatever. Like, I don't want to say that. Well, right. Of course. You know. No, I wouldn't think that you would want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, but it's just a thing where I'm like, but if you keep changing what you want, and everybody evolves, like everybody slowly evolves, but sometimes I just feel like people are just trying to hit on a gimmick that will like grab people and they panic when the thing that they're passionate about doesn't pan out immediately and so they try to do something else and it, it's just always like it's chasing a thing that I don't know it's chasing a thing and then you're like oh you just want people's eyes you don't really believe in the thing that you're saying or doing or I don't know I don't even know if this fucking makes sense but it makes sense to me and it's like I don't want to do that and I'm glad that I haven't done that and so I'm proud of that but also like you know, I'm no more or less successful than anyone that is doing that. So whatever, whatever. I just got these bras. <laughs> I was so excited. Yes. Wait, by the way, I didn't realize that Notori was uh, advertising in our podcast. And I picked up my mail and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> someone sent me. Very comfortable bras. <laughs> I thought it was like an admirer sent you some bras, yeah, like a a secret little Santa gift. <laughs> <laughs> and then, guys, Notori is woman founded and led. You know we love that an independent family business with international distribution. Josie Notori started the company in 1977 from her living room as a young mother taking inspiration from her native country, the Philippines. And today, the brand is celebrating their 45th year in business. Congratulations, Josie Notori. I've been wearing Notori uh, brand for years. It was big in New York City. And when I finally got to be an adult making my own paycheck and I wanted to wear some, you know, legit bras, Notori was the brand I went to. Um. Well, they're crafted from the most luxurious materials to keep you comfortable and supported all day long. And best of all, I just don't get that like weird rubby rash because the materials are so good. Yeah. Um, and the underwear is so nice. 
I love how you're Honestly, whispering. You're like, you I, can't believe it's true. I'm t- it is. I can't believe it's true. I also am like a little disappointed that it wasn't from a secret admirer, but that's okay. Well, I mean, I feel like Notori admires all women. And here is how Ooh, I know that. Great. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Keep going. They have a range of bra sizes ranging from A cup to H cup. That H? H, yes. And so to know that there's a brand out there making those bigger cup sizes so that you can wear the right size and look amazing is like, that's a huge deal. And that's why I've been a longtime fan of Notori. So if you've been searching for undergarments for lingerie that's as comfortable and supportive as it is stylish, look no further. Notori is offering an exclusive deal to Busy Phillips is doing her best listeners. Go to N-A-T-O-R-I.com and use the promo code BUSY15 to get 15% off your first order. That's N-A-T-O-R-I.com, Notori.com with promo code B-U-S-Y-15-1-5, B-U-S-Y-15. One five. Once more, for the people in the back, Notori.com. Use the promo code BUSY15, 15% off your first purchase. Your boobs will thank you. <laughs> ooh, ooh, Sakara life. Ooh, ooh, Sakara. That was good. That's <laughs> good. Guys, you know, I've been on a journey to wellness and you know what that means. <laughs> I know what it means. It means for me. I, yeah. I went back into the Saqqara. I yeah, love Saqqara for so many reasons, guys. Ugh, you've heard me talk about it. But the best, I'm just trying to think of like the one reason I love it the most is the ease, ease yes. of it and the like taste. Two yeah. most important things. It's it's really hard to narrow it down because there's so many good reasons, but I think you nailed it. It's incredibly easy and it tastes incredibly delicious. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And they give you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. I returned to it in a time where I felt like I was not able to find that moderation. Like we talked about on the podcast and I was making myself feel bad with food. Right. Um, Right. Sakara's whole philosophy is that food is medicine, can transform the way that you feel, the way that you look. They're nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-based ingredients. I'm not kidding. They have boosted my energy, supported digestion, helped curb sugar cravings. And let me tell you something. People have been commenting on my glow. <laughs> they really have. Like, people have been commenting on my skin in the last, like, couple weeks. Plus, mm. it's all delivered right to your door. Very easy. Very, 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 very easy. Sakara is re received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and Busy Phillips. (laughs) And right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to saqqara.com slash busy, or you can just enter code busy at checkout. That's saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash busy 
to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. It's so funny because I was thinking... Did you see my Instagram story about the insane lights that got put in my house? Yes. I love them, by the way. I would live with it like that. (laughs) Of course you would. (laughs) But listen, those lights, apparently, they have some, like, app that I'm supposed to get. Sure. Which, yes, I understand that, guys, anyone who's DM'd me. I Yeah, got it. However, I think that the electrician installed the lights before we activated the app. Therefore, now it's like impossible to get to the thing that we have to push on the the light. Right. Guys, if you didn't see my Instagram story, we had this like, we were working within certain parameters in our house because we were trying to like not have to, you know, do like a ton of like structural work or whatever. So in the house previously in the house <laughs> um there was a uh, like it sort of like this recessed area in the stairwell where they had like really harsh like fluorescent lights right like a strip like yeah. a what are those called what are those called oh my god like a compact the long, fluorescent yeah but like the long skinny ones yeah yeah that's right but also that were like hot to the touch, yeah, which is not great Can't too, because yeah. they were from the eighties. Yeah, but anyway, so we looked and looked and looked for a light that had like the the box of the light the, could fit yeah, in the, the profile, thi- whatever. Yeah, it, there's literally one light that we found after like searching for the last year, basically, and online it just looked like. It just was like a light. Yeah. Just like a okay. strip light. It's an LED. It's an LED, right? Like you never have to replace them anymore. Right. Is that what LEDs are? Yes. I don't understand yes. lights. I l- listen, busy. You're speaking my language. LEDs are like one of my hobbies. I love LED lights. Oh, God. Will you just come out do? here and spend a week with me and help me with fucking light bulbs? <laughs> I can't. I actually I don't understand anything. I actually have um, my a good friend of mine from college, her brother and his husband are like lighting experts and they usually do very they do amazing things they do like broadway shows and everything everything they also do like when an incredibly wealthy person wants to do like a holiday light display on their uh estate that is yeah, 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 for yeah, the yeah. radio station sure sure they'll do that but they're both That's geniuses amazing. and they could probably uh-huh. help you figure <laughs> brian brian and sep uh may- well, listen, maybe they'll help you Here's the here's the deal. I mean, one of the lights is like it's like pump it's like bumping disco colors, like rainbow disco okay. colors and flashing. One of the lights is broken, so we have to get so we, we have to send it back yeah. and get a new one anyway. Yeah. Um so the electrician does have to come back. It's yeah. not like we lost him forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's coming back. Yeah. So when he comes back we can get him to take the lights down and we can program the thing and yeah, use and the app that I have downloaded on my yeah, phone already. Stand right there There's with him while you do it. 180 different 
light options. Yes, that's what for this that's the beauty of LED fixture. Okay, here's what I was going to say, and this goes back to what you were saying. Sometimes things just do too much. I and I yes. just needed to do one thing. Yes, agree. I just needed to light my fucking hallway. Yes. and not have a rave yes. in my hallway, a rainbow rave. Here's what I will say: there might be a time when you want a rainbow rave, and you're glad that your light can do that. There might be a time, but for the most part. It'd just be, you just want like a warm, glowing, not hot to the touch, bright light in that area. Yes. But I was just thinking like, I think where people sometimes go astray in life is by doing too much, like trying to be too much, doing too much, taking on too much. As some people say. (laughs) I just want to do enough. The right amount. Yes. Yes. And I want to do it well. And I have, and like the problem is like, I have all of these ideas of things that I want to do. And I have a hard time. There is no one that is like the idea, um, like Raytor, Raider. Yeah. Yes. Raytor, Rate, Rate. Er. Yeah. <laughs> like where they rate your idea. Like a ranker. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like a ranker. Yeah. There's no one to put my ideas in order. So then I get like stuck. Yeah. You know? And I just feel like, like you and I have talked about this. Like we've had all these ideas We together. We've had all these weird ideas separately. We've had ideas. You've had ideas for like literally like inventions. <laughs> I've had ideas for like new platforms. Yes. Like we have all of these fucking ideas and it's when you are a person that just like has all of these different ideas, it's really hard to know which one you're supposed to focus on first. It's really hard and it's hard because, you know, well, I feel like you get one of one of two things a lot of times and I don't I've been trying to crack this for my lifelong my lifelong mission in life is to to crack what is the solution to this. But I think when you have a lot of ideas and you first of all, it takes a lot of courage to share your ideas because like you just don't know how people are going to react and and you know, history tells us that like a lot of people that had like the most genius ideas were told like, "Oh, that's nuts." You know, that's that's that will never work, you know? So we know not like to listen. Like how the agents told me busy tonight was a, <laughs> was a terrible idea was a that would never dream. work. Was a pipe dream. Was a pipe dream. dream. Um, mm. Yeah, exactly like that. I mean, they weren't they weren't 100% wrong, you know? But wrong. also, like, we still did it, you know? We, we still, still did it. it. No thanks to them, things. you know? No, and but they took that money, boy. Yeah, and also, like... If people had been more supportive of it, then we would have gotten to do it longer, you know? Probably. So, yeah. Also, if I'd been a man. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, every <laughs> every guy that's ever hosted a late night show, they're rarely successful to begin with. It's a, de- it's a decision on someone's part to be supportive and to stick with something. And we did not have the luxury of that. No. So, um, you know, so it... 
it is different. And you you never know when you're going to get that. But like also Joan Rivers only had a late night show for six months, you know? So we're... I'm in good company. We're certainly in fucking great company. But yeah, I think whenever you have an idea and you get up the courage to share it, you either get someone who like falsely um, says like, that's a great idea. Keep at it when they don't really mean that or, you know, that they're just kicking the can down the road or you get someone who is like, will just shit on your idea and try to tear it apart. And, you know, and I think the goal is like, it's between those things, right? Like you want to honestly figure out what are the challenges with an idea, what it would take to make it happen. And, you know, and then also help you prioritize all of your ideas. And I think that's where we do well together. But I think, you know, I think that we're good sounding board for each other. But I think where, you know, I think where it gets hard is that, you know, it just, it's hard, right? Because we're both like trying to make our lives work and we're on separate coasts. And also like you just said, you didn't even have, you don't have time to like watch your own show. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's hard. It's hard. Because I think that, Something that other people are good at, and I'm not necessarily good at this, and I think you probably struggle with it too, is just saying like, I'm doing this right now. This is what I'm doing. And I can't talk about like what anyone's having for lunch. I can't talk about, you know, I can't answer a text from a friend if they just want to shoot the shit. I can't do anything else right now. But other people are so, so, so good well, at right. that. right. Like... This morning, Michelle called me and, you know, I was going to work out and I was whatever. And I I was like, but I was sort of like putting some laundry away when she called. Yeah. And then, but then she was just like in a mood to chat and like had a story to tell me and blah, 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 blah. And then we just spent like an hour on the phone. Yeah. And I, it was in my head like multiple times. Like if you keep talking. (laughs) You're not, there's no fucking way. Like you should get off the phone if you want to make your workout a priority. And then I was thinking, oh, and I woke up super early this morning because um, Mark had to leave town again to go see his parents, which is not, which is sad. His mom's back in the hospital and I, I know, oh God. Um, But so I, but I woke up at like six. Yeah. And I don't have to wake the kids up till like seven. And I was like, I'm productive. Right. I'm making moves. <laughs> I mean, I didn't fucking do anything. I literally did nothing. It's really. I hung, well, I hung some coats. There you go. And you have to give yourself and... credit for that. But I think you and I, where we struggle is that. And I, I don't think it's like, it's not a bad you know, it's no knock against us. It's just that because of like how we are, we will stop what we're doing in favor of someone else presenting us with a need, even if that need is like not real, shouldn't really be a priority. It's something that the other person can do themselves, you know, and then you train people and you train yourself to be like, well, that's just how you can just go to busy and be like, you know, oh, what's a good place to get like a roast beef sandwich and you'll drop whatever you're doing to like... Yes. You and know. so here's... And here's here's also where we're at in my personal life, which is just that 
Raymond was so unbelievably helpful to me because I would text him, Casey needs to know the best roast beef sandwich. We send her the information for this place. And some people might be like, well, that's more work, but it like, like I've already done, you know, like I'm still, but it's not because then I hand it over to him. I would hand it over to him and he would like take care of it and get it done. Right. Or, or like, oh, Mother's Day is, Blah, blah, blah. Can you please, you know, make sure this, you right. know? And the lack, I like texted Ray because I was watching his Instagram stories that were making me laugh because he was like crying yes, hysterically and yes. on the beat. And it was just like, honestly, just making me laugh. Uh, um, but I also was like, just come, come back to New York. LA clearly doesn't want you. Also... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to need you to come back and be my assistant again because I literally can't fucking do this shit. (laughs) Like, I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. You got to come back. Yeah. And did he reply? He was like, I'm on my way back. I'll come (laughs) see you next week. I'm like, that's Uh, not the answer I was looking uh. for, but that's okay. Well, it's interesting, Um, too, because I think that... You know, and like having an assistant, that's a different, like you're paying that person to help you do. But I've been noticing something recently where like, you know, just say like, I'll post like, whatever. I'll post like, oh, I like this coat or whatever. I think this is a nice coat or something on social media. And then like people will message me and be like, do they ship internationally? You know, and I'm like, how the fuck would I know? You know what I mean? Like, I'm never that rude, but I'm I'm like, clearly I've engendered this reputation as someone that would be like, oh, um, like either that I would know or that I would like drop what I was doing to look. And I'm just like, I don't know. I linked to the website. Look upon the website that exists well, for these questions. This is, this is my, now we're getting into my like... <laughs> This is this is actually my king. Like people who are so fucking devoid of like I have a time or two caught myself doing the same and every time I do I like laugh hysterically at myself and say to whomever I have just asked some insane question that I could easily look up the answer to. Right. I'm so sorry. That is literally not for you. <laughs> like I can <laughs> I can handle this. I'm so sorry. Um but it is I don't know what it I'm I'm like I've gone back and forth about it like culturally I feel like it happens more and more and I'm and I don't know if it's because people are used to like seeing a thing and just having all the answers right in front of them right. for said thing. Right. Or if it's like another way of connecting with people. I've had people tell me, oh, oh when I'm like, I-, I wouldn't know the answer to that question. I've had people be like, don't get mad. I'm just making conversation. And I'm like, right. that's not this a is, conversation. Wait, but this is, but here's, but again, let's return to the theme of the world right now, which is that no one knows how to be. Right. Like how to be a person. And so somebody sees the coat that you post yeah. and they're like, Ah, uh, Casey and I always have the same taste in clothes. Everything she posts, I like. But they don't think to DM you or 
reach out to you and say, it's so funny. Every single thing that you post, I love. Right. And like, we just have the same taste. And I like really appreciate following you because you really share all of the things that are so great and that like just speak exactly to me. I feel like we're friends even if we're not. But that, for whatever reason, is like hard for them to access. So they just like text like, do you know if they ship to my uh, house? (laughs) And you're like, honey, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. People, that could be right. That could, people feel like they have to ask like a real question or whatever. Like a real question in order to try to get like a connection or, you know what I mean? That's what I'm, I'm going to go, that's where I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I'm going to stick with that right right now. Yeah. I think that that's what's happening. And I feel like whilst annoying, we need to like, understand yeah. that we're in a transitional period yes. of communication and that everyone's a fucking idiot. Well, you know, here's what I'll say is that like <laughs> I appreciate the reframing on it because whenever something is very irritating to me, that's always a goal of mine is to like reframe it where I'm thinking of like, well, why is this knucklehead doing this? <laughs> like, why are right. they doing this thing that makes me incredibly irritated or ragey or makes me lose the feeling in my face because all of my blood went to my extremities or whatever. You know what I mean? I, your vagina. I thought you were about to say your vagina and I was like, wow. Well, that's I mean, that's where all of it is now. My knuckle coming out of my knuckle and, you know. Um, but because <laughs> I cut myself with a pizza cutter. Right, right, right. Um, I got it. But Yeah. So I appreciate the reframe. And that's always like my goal whenever I'm irritated with someone, because I don't want to be irritated with anyone. I don't want people to be irritated with me for the most part, unless I don't give a fuck if they're irritated with me. But for the most part, I don't want to be annoying to people. But that is always, that's a good reframe because I'm always like, why are you asking me this? Now here's, here's where I'm annoyed. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I'm annoyed when we make when we make plans for dinner with someone, yes, and then they text back, "Where is that?" Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, well, if we were having a conversation, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, let's go to Il Buco," right? I don't know if that, like that just sounds like a restaurant. Yeah, sure, it is a restaurant. Okay, sure. Wait, wait, where is that? Oh, it's you know over there on right. Prince and right, whatever street, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. But if you're texting with somebody, let's meet at 7 p.m. at El Buco, and they write back, where is it? It's like, baby, I can't do everything for you. Well, also, especially because I know you, and I know that whenever you're, like, making a plan for a restaurant, it's usually, like, you can just usually click the text and see right where it is. Usually there's right. there's been, like, a link or a pin sent or something. So I also think that's a weird thing that, like, that's a weird thing that like people are, you know how you hate Google Docs? Like you just think it doesn't work for you? I can't. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> it's like the one more, you know, one more. Th- I can't learn this one. I'm not going to learn this one. But like I felt the exact same way about Google Docs when they first happened. But then everyone was using them and I was like, I'm going to be fucked if I don't 
figure this out. And I was so scared of Google Docs at first because it just, I just couldn't wrap my head around the way that it was working. But now I know and it's all I use. And like, I'm fairly confident in Google Docs. And I know that if there's something I don't understand, I can just look it up. But I think a lot of people feel that way about texts that have like clickable links. Like, I think they just have never tried. They're worried it will like, transport them to some other world that they won't be able to get back to you from porn you know <laughs> yeah they are, they're, they're like they're pretty sure it'll be on it's porn lead, hub i think it's also to porn. the same with um whenever you send someone saying okay let's do that at like 345 whatever you'll see like in your phone or your email that's underlined and then you can just click it and it'll go to your calendar and ask you if you want to make an event and like be reminded of it. But I think people don't know that, which makes sense because like we didn't go to phone school. We didn't go to like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it is like a thing among our peer group to be like, I don't know why that's underlined. I'm never clicking it. I'm not curious about it. I don't want to know about it. But also, sorry, I missed the lunch that we agreed to in a text because, you know, I don't have an assistant. I don't know how to make events in my calendar. But they're scary. They're scary. I remember my grandmother, we had like one of the earliest types of microwaves, a radar range, if any, this is like, I'm really dating myself, but it had like dials. It didn't even have like buttons. And my grandmother was terrified to use it. She was terrified. Like all she knew is that if you put metal in it, it would explode and, you know, cause a lightning storm and burn down your house. And so she was terrified to use it. And so I, as a little kid, a very little kid, would have to use that stupid fucking radar range whenever my grandmother wanted something warmed up quickly. And like she loved the benefit of it. Um, that you could like heat up a bowl of soup really quickly, but she was terrified to do it so much so that she was like, I got asked to do a lot of things when I was a little kid that probably... <laughs> I know, probably, I'm like, I sh- you should see my face right now. I'm like... <laughs> um. <laughs> but, um, but I think like things like that, a lot of tech and like things that uh, should be helping us are actually like maybe making things a little harder because people are scared of them and and rightfully so like where do we learn about that but you know i don't know it is weird i think it does lead to people just being like oh the entire world is my library and this person will look this up for me and you know and it's not much that's another thing too i think people are like why do you get so mad it's not that big a deal but i'm just like it kind I don't know. It kind of, if it's not that big a deal, then why can you not do it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know. And so that is something that I think both you and I struggle with because we want to be like the nice person who's like, oh, no, I'm happy to help. And, you know, and you've never not helped me when I have needed help in the moment. But also, like, I feel like I try to be mindful of like, I have to really mean it when I'm asking for help. And like, I know for the most part that like, you know, I try to find things out for myself, but it's weird. I think it's like a weirdly paralyzing thing for some people to try to find things out for themselves. And then I think you and I suffer from always dropping everything to like help someone with some something that they could maybe do for themselves. Totally. It's, dare I say... Exhausting. <laughs> it's a little exhausting because, it's like, exhausting. you don't think about it that it's just like, 
you know, when you ask someone a question and send them down a rabbit hole of trying to help you. But if they've like built this reputation of being that kind of person where everyone thinks of them like that, then that's probably, you know, that's a big part of their life, just getting that all day and just getting people to be like, you know, where where does this come from? And what do you know about this? And like, I, and I never want to tell someone like, I don't know, or I can't help you. Um, but I do have to get better about it. I think I am. I, ha- I think I have gotten, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast, like with my family, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> or like, yeah, that doesn't work with my family, but <laughs> I love it for you. I have heard, listen, I, I want to give you credit because I have heard you say sometimes like I'm talking to someone right now. I'm doing this right now. And I think that that's probably, that's hard when you have kids. Oof. You know what? I was just talking about with someone the other day, how I don't indulge my children in adult discussions. And it is another one of my kinks. <laughs> I say kinks, guys. <laughs> what I mean is like a thing that drives me so fucking insane that I like kind of can't <laughs> deal. It makes me like rage secretly inside, yeah. internally. Yeah. But like if you're having like a kind of intense conversation with someone about something and they're like seven-year-old comes up and they're like, who, what, what, right. who, what, <laughs> what? What, 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 what? And the mom is like, we all know fucking parents like this. And if you're listening and you're one of these parents, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) I'm not here to mom shame you, but I'm here to tell you to knock it the fuck off. (laughs) Your friends hate it. Um, And the mom will be like, oh, we were just talking about Busy's friend, Kathy, who has a, who's a drug addict and it's really sad. And she had to go back to rehab last week where that's where if you're sick and you can't get off of the medicine that you shouldn't be taking, you have to go there so you can get out of your body. And then they're like, why? You know, like, I just... And I'm always like, shut the fuck up. The kid does not need to know this about not for her. Like my friends fucking dr- I'm gossiping with you. <laughs> not you. Not you and your seven-year-old. Like, but you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Have you had that yes. experience? It is the worst. I hate it so fucking much. And the fact is, I have two kids, especially Bertie, obviously, God bless, who is like Bertie is so intelligent and so verbal and like just honestly have we've been told by teachers and faculty at every school that we've gone to even the one we had to leave because they mishandled birdie being bullied so horribly and really fucked that up um that birdie is like so ahead in so many ways yeah of their peers. Birdie will come up to me if I'm like having like an intense conversation with a friend about something and Birdie will be like, what are you talking about? And I'll be like, it's not, it's literally not for you. Right, right. It's not for you. Because. It's for other, it's not for you and and that's just what it is. Yeah. And if I came in and your friend was sharing something with you that was very private and like about their life, maybe you would want to tell me about it later. Maybe you wouldn't. Right. That's okay. Because I was going to say like, you know, my 
my kids also, like, I feel like have always been able to hold their own in a conversation um, and would even have opinions in a conversation For um, sure. with adults because that's just, ha- especially my older son, he just always um, preferred the company of adults. But I'd just be like, oh, it's none of your business. <laughs> Like, yeah. Even if but you that, could completely like, understand and hang with the conversation, you weren't invited. It's none right. of your business. And that's like, that is the thing that I think like our generation of parents have had to like really figure out how to walk that line. Yeah. Between as we were, you know, working ovens yeah. at age six. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Or being like, kind of just left to your own devices in many ways. Yeah. As opposed to like what the helicopter parents of like involving your kids all like constantly or like just being around, like having like not letting them have any sort of independence or autonomy. Like it is a tricky thing to figure out what that line is in parenting. I just can tell you that like, as a person who enjoys talking to kids, enjoys hanging out with children, enjoys hearing their like stories and their interesting takes on things. And like, you know, the teens in my life, birdie included, like sometimes I have some wild fucking ideas about shit that are interesting and like deserving of space. Right. And and, like recognition, right? That all being said... (laughs) I don't want to like have a be friends with someone or work with someone or whatever where if I'm like having an intense conversation with them about something and their like child comes up that their child then all of a sudden is just like looped in. <laughs> just CC'd. Like let's not CC our eight-year-olds. Let's not CC Do you know what I mean? The, CC the I just want to like if you BCC your eight-year-old, that's on that's you. That's your business. Like you can have if you BCC them and you like break it all down at night, you have boundary issues. But like that is for your eight-year-old in therapy when they're 27 to like dig through. But what I am saying to you is that do not CC them while I am. I'm a part of the conversation because not only will I be like horrified and I've said like in front of, I've said, I know that thing, like, cause everybody's got that thing there. Everyone's real touchy about like what you can do or say to other people's children. Like I will say it's actually none of your business. Sorry. (laughs) And like, I had a friend once be like, that's harsh. And I'm like, well, it's really not. It's really, really not for them. And I'm like talking to you, not them. Right. Like I'm not, you know, I just am not. And I love having the kids around and I love like having kid time. But if I'm having like a thing. Right. Anyway, I've made this point now. We can move on. But But also I would just like to say for everyone listening, how many times in our little lives were we told something was none of our business? None of your beeswax. It's actually not that hard. When you think about it. But there's also ways to say it that it's like, it, you don't even have to say it's none of your business. You can be like, you know what, actually, this is just a conversation that's for the two of us. Right. Which is like a nicer, yeah. gentler way. Yeah. This is not something that concerns you or that you even really need to know about. Trust me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, I say that to my kids all the time. I'm like, this is not something that you even will care about. It's going to be so boring to you. Oh my God. You know what you're totally reminding me of though is this is... 
I feel bad because it's kind of mean, but also it was kind of hilarious. But when we, um, at Busy Tonight, <laughs> that PA that always emptied the garbage every time I was like mm-hmm. having a hard talk with someone. Oh my God. They would you bust guys. into my You guys, office. you guys. It wasn't, she wasn't doing it on purpose. They weren't doing it on purpose. They weren't doing it on purpose. It but there was a PA on our late night talk show who had uncanny timing. The timing. Where it was like every, it was like the timing of an eight-year-old. I'm not kidding. <laughs> every time Casey had to have like, anytime someone was crying in Casey's office, which happened, lots of, lots of people on the show with lots of feelings and that we encouraged. <laughs> Um, anytime anyone was having like a moment in, in they come to need to clean the trash cans that second. Like what? No. But it also was just like, it was the timing, but then also like the, well, I'm here now. I'm just going to keep doing it. Even though this person's obviously crying and then like trying to do it as quickly as possible, which then makes it like, I just have a memory of them trying to like open like a, garbage bag like how you can't get you can't find the opening (laughs) and trying to do it as fast as possible and panicking and like turning the garbage bag over and over and me just being like just get out (laughs) just go (laughs) get out please (laughs) please by the way did you see the shirt that I'm wearing yes oh my god busy is wearing a t-shirt that I bought I gave to mark for a Christmas gift that says I love spaghetti (laughs) I can't. I cannot. I can't. It laughed. I laughed so fucking hard when I saw this t-shirt when like after unpacking everything. And this is like, this is like, I mean, like, it just made me laugh. So I just couldn't stop laughing. I could, could Wait, not well, stop your laughing. Si- your sister doesn't listen to the podcast. She won't care. No, fuck no. She doesn't listen. Busy's sister Leanne was a producer on Busy Tonight and she was producing a cooking segment. And she was great. Yeah. She was great. She, she's great. She like has great ideas and she is so great at convincing people to do things and play along with things and so great at getting at finding people, which was like, she she should be a private detective. Anyway, anyway, um, we were doing a cooking segment on the show and like some, just Hollywood break, when you're doing like a cooking segment, like often you'll try to like find a reason for like why the person's cooking something, depending, you know, just some kind of <laughs> yeah, peg to hang it I on. I cannot. And somebody was coming on <sighs> to make a, uh, they wanted to make this spaghetti pie, but they wanted to make sure that there was like a reason for making the spaghetti pie. And then um, did Leanne just say Busy's husband loves spaghetti? Is that what she... I think that, I think that like, (laughs) what, I think that what happened was that maybe the guests like offered a few different things, none of which Leanne could have like find any connection to right right and then the spaghetti pie leanne was like well oh yeah busy's busy's husband loves spaghetti (laughs) which is not literally not true like in fact of all of the pastas of all the cuts of pasta (laughs) spaghetti is probably i would say like on the on the lowest rung (laughs) of mark's list like, doesn't, just doesn't, he's like, it's neither here nor there. Like, yeah. it's too thick. It's a little, he just doesn't, it's not, he's not he's a fan. ambivalent towards spaghetti. 
But we didn't know any of this. Right. Because it was just like... Because that's just like what you do as a producer. You're just like talking to the guests, trying to help them like, like, you know, find the form of the segment or whatever. And then the producer comes to the host, moi, and the showrunner, Casey. And it's like, okay, so she's going to make this like whatever thing. And she's got a really cute story about this and da, 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 da. And did she say it in the pre, in the pre-meeting? No, she, she didn't. She, she didn't. She did Like, it's just like a detail. Like who knew? But then so you're making this. But then we're doing it. We're doing the segment. And then she goes, and I know your husband loves spaghetti, busy. And I was like, what? And you were like, you and then you just were like, I'm like, I don't know who told you that. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I would no, not you put just it. were like, oh yeah, yeah. He loves spaghetti. And then Mark, who was like behind the scenes was like, are they having a conversation about how I love spaghetti? <laughs> he was like, it's making me sound very simple. <laughs> it's just, like, that was his biggest issue with it. He was like, they're making me was sound that, like, he was I'm, like, like he I'm was like, seven. You're making, yeah, you're making me sound like a child. Like I'm like just like a child, a basic like, baby who just Mark likes loves spaghetti. buttered noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it's making me and nuggets. So funny. So then Casey, of course, got Mark a t-shirt that said, I love spaghetti for Christmas that year. Which, by the way, was like, it was a shirt that was already being made by a company, but then they discontinued it. But then they made a special one for Mark because I implored them to make one more I love spaghetti t-shirt. Just one more. Just because one more. But maybe we should really... add that to our merch. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do I Love Spaghetti? I love spaghetti. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so funny because also when you think about it, like who has ever said, who has ever offered up that they love spaghetti? You know what I love? Oh my God, you guys. Do you know what I love to eat? Spaghetti. spaghetti. I just fucking can't get enough of spaghetti. It is so, it's such a like, it's such a family thing. It couldn't have worked so any dumb. other it's, like, it's so dumb. When you turn 11 and your mom tries to give you spaghetti and you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. And then she's like, you love spaghetti. Right. And you're like, like, yeah, well, I'm, and that was when I was 10. I'm, I'm 11 now. I'm not 10 years old anymore. <laughs> and it's such a family thing to be like, Mark loves spaghetti, AKA, like I saw him take a bite of spaghetti one time. <laughs> So weird. And then it just became like such a huge part of the interview. And of course, like Mark was there and he was like, why are they talking about what? I love spaghetti. Oh, oh it was so funny. It was really funny. It was so funny. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it was so funny. We had some laughs, didn't we? We had a lot Didn't we laughs. have some laughs making our dreams come true for that brief period of time until the carpet was pulled from under us? <laughs> It was. Well, you know what I wish? I wish I wish there was some way to go back and do it again and just enjoy how fun it was without all the stress. Like I even if I knew like, oh, we're going back, we're only going to do this. It's only going to last for 6 months. Like I just wish in a way that I almost knew that so that I could just enjoy I it. I think we did. Yeah, I thought we did I mean, enjoy it. Yeah. I think for the most part we really did. I I mean, I was stressed. You I'm going to be stressed. yeah, I'm going to be honest like I was stressed about like, you know, because that fucking sucks to tell a bunch of people who are massively talented that they don't have jobs anymore in a few weeks oh, or whatever. That? You know, all oh, that I stuff. was so stressed yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Obviously. It there there was a lot. I just wish there was some way to like go back and enjoy all of the super, super fun things without like any of the like 
just back and forth and worrying and, you know. So proud of everyone, though. Everyone's gone on to do amazing Yeah, but, things. like, in a way, it's sort of genius because the stress made us do really fucking weird, funny things. <laughs> yes, You know sure, what I mean? Sure. And, like, like, we just were, like, that text I sent. Like, we were just, like, fucking wild. <laughs> We were wild. Because that's like when you get, you know, well, I always think of like the end of Conan O'Brien, like when Jay Leno came back and took back The Tonight Show. Like Conan O'Brien was at his best when he had nothing to lose. And I feel like we sort we had everything to lose, but also nothing to lose. Like we were just. Right. Because we knew no matter what, it was already gone. Right. Right. So. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, you know, we just went for it. And when I went for that, like, big job meeting for the job that I didn't get, the you know, we just mostly shot the shit, which is maybe where I went wrong and not... I never was... Not at all. I not never at all. was going to get that all. job. Not at all. You weren't going to get the job. Um, But anyway... I know who got hired. Yeah. <laughs> it was always their job. But anyway, one Sorry. thing I did say, and what, one reason, I'll say it, like, why I think I'm fucking good at what I do is because, and like, and I'll give this out to anyone for free because it makes TV a better thing. When you're making a show, you have to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing, what you're trying to say, and are you the only show on that could do that thing? You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's how we get all these, like, homogenized ideas of what TV are. And when you, like, are hearing something, you should be, you should be able to play a game when you're hearing something from a show and you can, like, almost directly pinpoint it to what show, you know, that that it came from. And so that's one thing that I think we did really well is that we were like, we're going to do things that nobody else could do who's on TV right now. And we, you know, we maintained it every night. Oh, and still, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I mean, it was really important to us. And, and, it means that, like, sometimes we had to stay a little later and work a little harder, especially since we had a, the tiniest team. Um, but it was worth it, and I'm proud of it. So, me too. Yeah. I am too. Should we release it on a in a boxed set? <laughs> I have it on a little thumb drive in my desk, right in front of me. I have it on a thumb drive too. I have no idea where that thumb drive is. That's the problem with like a thumb drive for you is that. It's the tiniest item, and you have moved several thousand times since you received it. So where could it even be? To be, be? fair, though, it was a safe thing to give me at the time. I hadn't moved in, like, 15 yeah. years. But, like, if your thumbs weren't attached to you, you probably wouldn't know where those were either. Well, at this point, yes. <laughs> it's a miracle, but it's a miracle that they are even still... Okay, first of all, look at what I did. I got one of those blood blister no. things from slamming my finger in the gate this morning. Not great. That sucked. Then I cut my cuticle. Well, was, this was my fault, really. I didn't have one of those like little cuticle nippers. So I was like, I'll just use nail clippers. Oh, Don't do probably that. not Don't a do good, it. not a good Don't do move. It. it would not stop bleeding. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, I just am like all jacked up. You, you know what? You need to come to our... Um, Manicure, our online manicure tutorial. When is that? 
Um, April 29th, I believe. I'll put a post on Instagram, though, so you guys can find it and sign <laughs> up because it... Um, it almost just sounded like I was doing an ad for it, yeah. like a, that we had <laughs> planned that. But I really didn't. We really had not No, they're not that. advertising today. But that being said, I do think it's going to be fun and you can uh, pick up some cuticle tips. I don't know. I'm good at it. If, I'm good at my cuticle. I'm good at doing it. I just... I don't know. I'm on a journey right now to try to grow my nails yeah. naturally without the fake nails. Yeah. And just let them breathe. And it's just a lot. It's hard. It's a lot. Because they're really weak right now. It's a lot. And so then I was like, cuticle health is the most important. And then I took it a step too far. That happens. That you're, It's just like just when you shaved your face off. went too fucking far. Helix sleep. We love Helix. Helix sleep. <laughs> Is that a good one? That was good. Know, that was yeah, right. that was all right. I kind of like. I don't know. It was like it went. It yeah, went off, it was. It went off a cliff. I think. I feel like it, w- it had some '80s vibes, which you know I've been really into lately. So I liked it, and it's the truth. We do love Helix. We love Helix because getting enough sleep is hard enough. <laughs> without the realization that it's your mattress that's causing you to toss and turn all night. Yeah. Think about how long you've had your mattress. And like, also, thank you, mattress. It's done right by you for so many years, but it's time to maybe, you know, retire it, give it, let it reach its final resting place and upgrade your mattress to one that is, you know, that you deserve. You've earned it. You deserve it. You've earned it. And let me tell you how easy Helix makes it. There's a quiz. Takes two minutes. You complete that quiz and it matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everyone's unique. Helix knows that. There's many different mattress models to choose from. This is not one of those companies that just sends the same mattress to everyone. That is not what Helix is about. This is their business. They have soft, (laughs) medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. And let me tell you something. You take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't have to step foot in a mattress store again. Why would you? No. You I don't. You guys, it's so, so easy. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They're even going to come and pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Just go to helixsleep.com slash best. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they're going to match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your damn life. <laughs> and, and Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. Too bad.
that one, that one was like, you thought I was going one place and then I just went somewhere else with it. I get, I get it. I get what you were doing. It was melancholy at the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know why uh, free trials renew without your consent? Oh yeah, I know. It's a huge scam to get money from you. That's right. Uh, They, they know that you're gonna just not be able to remember that you subscribe to something and take money from you month after month. And the only time is you that you remember is the second after you get a notification that they just took money out of oh, your really? account. The or... only time I remember is when my credit card expires and I get a notification from something. I don't even know what it is. That's like, we're having trouble processing this monthly charge. And I'm uh, like, wait, what? What are you talking the about? worst. Wait, the that worst. thing five years ago that I signed up for a free trial for so I could like literally read one article. Are you <laughs> kidding? How much of my money have you taken? Well, guys, good news. If you're like me, and I have a feeling you might be. I have a feeling a lot of people are. I have a feeling a lot of people are. You need Truebill in your life. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or like me, you just forgot about. Insane. On it is on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Who could not use $720 in their pocket right now? I can. I would use it. It would already be gone. I mean, honestly, like I really could. <laughs> I got many things that could pay, I could pay with that seven fifty, seven twenty. Yeah, and by the way, they don't just alert you to subscriptions that you forgot about. There's like a Truebill concierge that cancels, actually cancels the subscription for you because, as you know, some companies make it really difficult to cancel their stupid subscriptions and you're looking all over for like, what's the button that I press and where do I have to email to cancel? Truebill knows all that. They just handle it for you. Guys, take control of your subscriptions with the new free Truebill app. Do it. It empowers you to save more, spend less, see everything, take back control of your financial life. I'm like very on board with this. We need to know. Take control of your subscriptions, the money that's going out. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash best. Go right now. Truebill.com slash best. Could save you hundreds a year, guys. Or more. Truebill.com slash best. Can I just tell you Gina smells so bad? Yeah. There's something about like when dogs are outside, even if they even if they don't tromp through the mud or whatever, it like activates their like dog smell glands. And I just feel like when even when my dogs just go outside for a few minutes, they come in smelling so friggin' doggy. You know what would be great? What? Like a dry bar, but for dogs. <laughs> You can just take your dog for a blowout. Yeah. And it would just be like you could make same day appointments. It's like you call dog groomers and they're like, okay, we can take you in four weeks. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I need a thing. I'm trying to paint my nails while I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really do need that, that mic stand. Where's that mic stand? You do need that mic stand. Raymond will uh, get it when he comes back uh, to you. 
not, he's not coming back, Casey. We have to accept it and move on. I know, but it's hard. Are you going to get another assistant or are you going to go it alone? Well, I don't know what's happening. I'm having a, you know, it's hard. Just a moment. Hard to decide about everything. Yeah. Yeah. It also feels like, I don't know. God, should we make it a show? <laughs> a show within the show? Being the assistant? Uh-huh. I mean, listen, I don't, well, I know that P. Diddy had that show about, like, finding an assistant, right? Is that true? I didn't watch it. I have no fucking idea. But as a former assistant, I think that a show about celebrity assistants would be a good dramatic, like, soap opera, like a nighttime well, it would be a good it would be a good reality show. Remember, we pitched it to Raymond. He was not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Stay, we'll do a show." He's like, "No, no." Oh my gosh, no! I think that I think I would love like a scripted drama about assistants because then you could really tell the stories. I feel like if it was a reality show, you'd have to know who everyone worked for, and then it'd be like cleaned up for public consumption. But like, mm-hmm. if you you know. If you made like a scripted drama out of it, you could tell the truth plus the truth plus, you know, the truth plus. <laughs> and then that would be like a wild scripted drama. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I the other day, again, back to my Instagram story. Sorry, I like hate it when people like reference their own social media, but whatever. I, fine. I hate it when I do, but I don't hate it when other people do. So hmm. the, well, I don't yeah, I actually don't hate it when other people do either, I guess. I think so I just you just feel weird do. doing it when you do it yes, yourself. Because then you're like, oh my god, did you see my I Instagram? That, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Of course. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, when I was in Charleston, I was like really feeling Dawson's Creek vibes on the creek. Yes. And and then I was like, why don't we do everybody always asks, why don't we do why don't I sell a reboot? But it's just my character, Audrey. It's like long running sitcom comes to an end and realizes that she needs to get her non-binary teen out of Hollywood <laughs> and moves to this idyllic place that um, you know, her roommate from college was always talking about. And then they get there and it is like sort of amazing yeah. and idyllic. But then also like abortion's illegal in the state and like there's like rampant racism and sexism and right. Right. You know, yeah, it's very all overdoses. And, yeah, it's very, um, you know, it's like stars, hollow, Gilmore Girls meets Euphoria. Mm, you I haven't know. watched literally any of those. <laughs> so, but so I love a, I love a, a reboot slash spinoff. With opportunities. It would, yeah, I'm saying it's more of a spinoff. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't know, like, it's so funny whenever people ask and they're like, I heard there might be a reboot of Dawson's Creek. I'm like, who, hey, you just made that up. Right. Like, who did you hear that from? There might be a reboot of anything. There could be. Also, like, I'm not going to, I'm not, they're not, I'm not number one on 
their call list if they decide to do it. You right, know what I mean? Right. They're like, they've got a list of other people first that were on the show oh for my gosh. longer. Nothing makes me feel worse about than, like, it's, you know, I know people are like, oh, poor celebrities. Oh, it's hard to be rich and famous. But, um... <laughs> Is that what people are like? <laughs> yes. But nothing makes me feel worse for someone when they're asked, like, on a red carpet about a reboot for of something that they were involved in. And they're like, yeah, nobody's been in touch with me. But, um, yeah, I did read about that. But um, happy to to talk if they if they decide they want to talk to me. But um, no worries if not. No, no problem. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so awkward. And, like, you just – it just makes me feel terrible for people. I don't know. I mean, yes, but also, I don't know. I think a lot of times, like, I've been asked questions where I'm like, I don't know, you'd have to ask so-and-so. No one's ever, you know, and I feel like, to me, it's always just, like, less salty about myself and more just like, dude, fucking, I know what you're trying to get. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so annoying, you know, like. I'm just not going to give you what you're asking for. Yeah. I always, I never feel bad when the person is like, well, when they didn't want to do it, like, uh, because I've seen people be like, oh, I haven't heard about that, but uh, I'm not doing it or whatever. Then you're like, they're in that position in their, in their life where they're not going to go back to do the old thing. But I always feel like whenever somebody is like, oh, I haven't, nobody's uh, called me yet or, you know, or, but I, I love that person. So, you know, if they call You'll be the first to know or whatever, because I always feel like, well, they're obviously like, seems like they're hoping that someone will call or like that they don't want to shut it down. So I always feel kind of sad for them. Oh, my God. I do remember after we did that like reunion entertainment weekly cover of Dawson's Creek or whatever, uh, I was on a red carpet like not long after that. And some entertainment reporter was like, now busy. Uh Katie Holmes was telling us that there's a group thread now that's really lively since the photo shoot. What are some of the things that you guys text back and forth? And I literally was like, Michelle and I were not included on that. I don't know. I have no, I have no fucking idea. Oh, no. I literally don't know. I didn't know there was a group thread until just this second. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you for that. I don't have anyone's phone numbers anymore, except for James Vanderbeek who I text sometimes. And James Vincent McMurrow texted me like last month. And he's got, you know, because he lives in um, James Vincent McMurrow, the singer who did, who does many things. He has a new album coming out soon. But uh, he lives in Ireland, mostly with his family. Yeah. But like sometimes has different phone numbers or whatever. But anyway, the way that it popped up, I read. I thought it was James Vanderbeek, yeah. and I was like, "This is a wild text from James <laughs> Vanderbeek," and I was like, "I'm just gonna hold on this for one second. Yeah. Like, I can't. I don't even know how to respond." And then when I realized it was James Vincent McMorrow, I was like, "Oh, that makes so much more sense." <laughs> it was like about Birdie and like co- a conversation that like I'm like I I've never I haven't talked to James about the- what is that? yeah this yeah is so weird right Do you know what I mean yes, Yeah, and then figured out it just required context because it said like james v right oh so yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah it just popped up like a number like you know like how sometimes that happens yeah yeah anyway guys good story good story (laughs) 
<laughs> well, maybe James Vanderbeek will text you and you'll we know talked me. Not like not long ago. And I also texted him when I was in Austin, when I was having like child care issues because he's got 400 children. And like, I thought, well, maybe they had a babysitter, but he kind of, I don't think that they didn't have anyone. <laughs> they didn't have anyone to send, send my way. Oh, man. Um, you could have just sent your yeah. child to his house and he probably wouldn't have noticed. How many kids does he, he actually, have? I, wait, I'm not kidding. I feel like he kind of offered that. Wait, I oh. maybe somebody <laughs> offered that. Someone I kind someone I like have known. Yeah. Offered that. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was him or not. I could look through, I don't want to look through my text <laughs> now, but somebody did say like, well, worst case, you could just like send them over here. There's always lots of kids. Yeah. I'm like. No, that's not Cricket's vibe. <laughs> that's like <laughs> to definitely join, not to join Cricket's. another family for a day. No, no, no. She would not. The child be feeling is that. not interested in that. Oh my god! There's a <sighs> real emergency happening. There's like, yeah. It's. I hope everything's okay. Should I look? I'll look on um that horrible app you hate. The, the app that makes up crimes. Or knows them before. <laughs> or knows them before. You know, that's my theory about the Citizen app is that it's the leaked script for what is happening um, in that you can read beforehand what what's about to happen in your neighborhood. Anything? Hmm. Can you guys hear all those sirens? And oh my I'm gosh. confused. I don't know. I don't see anything. Huh. Okay. Well, I suppose we'll know sooner or later. An if... hour ago, there was something. Oh, fuck. What? Well, that's, I don't. Oh, no, that was yesterday. Oh. Recent. I don't even understand those. <laughs> What's the date? Today yesterday is April 19th. Nothing's, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I, I don't, it's I don't just... get it. I don't get it. It's, just yeah it's not weird. chronological it's what i don't know i don't know i'm i i'm afraid of citizen app so i don't really i don't i don't like what it brings out in me or others but there are a lot of sirens i hope everything's okay in new york city i mean it seems like it's all okay i i mean i can't turn it off now i don't know what's I'm, I'm like it's literally, making. <laughs> I literally cannot turn it off. What's happening here? It's just like a bunch of people like being like incident reported. Police advi- seven minutes ago. That's about right. The timing works out. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Citizen user video shows police on scene. Okay. Police have requested assistance for an unspecified report. Police advise that the situation is now under control. Okay. All right. Well, so we did it, guys. We did it. I guess that's it. I mean, Manhattan is like, you know, obviously it's the smallest island. And so whenever a few emergency vehicles get together and go down the street, it makes a big commotion. But also Manhattan is like understandably touchy about anything that is out of the ordinary and gets your, you know, gets your attention. You didn't live there, but there was a time when... um, Manhattan smelled like maple syrup and everyone was in kind of like a panic about it, about what I the, remember what I the maple syrup that, smell though. was. I literally not even kidding you. I think that was like 
17 years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Because it was close to 9-11. Yeah. And there was also a time when people were panicking because people that raise bees where the honey was red. And people were like, (laughs) why is the honey? What is happening? And I think people thought it was like, you know... Who knows what people thought it was, but it... Oh, there's a fire in a maintenance hole. Oh, okay. All right. I don't even know what that means. I hope everyone's... That I think it's like great. a manhole, but they probably call it a maintenance hole now because not just men work in them. Yeah. Um. But anyway, sure. Ari the bees, it it turns out that they were eating um maraschino cherry juice instead of... That's not true. ...from a maraschino cherry factory. <laughs> and they were making red honey. <laughs> <laughs> because they were like, fuck finding them flowers. Who gives a shit about flowers? We can just go That's right to this maraschino cherry factory. Amazing. And eat all we want and then make some red honey. Wait, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I have a love-hate relationship with, with the bee. Yeah, same. I mean, I always thought that I was allergic because I was told that when I was a child, but then found out later in life that even if you had an allergic reaction as a kid, it doesn't actually mean that you're allergic to bees when you're an adult. It means that you could be. Right. Right. Well, I didn't know that literally until like four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And this whole time I'm like, I'm allergic to bees. I'm I'm allergic to bees. (laughs) And like, I feel like I like, I have said that it's longer than three years ago because I think it Birdie was a baby. Yeah. But I like when the pediatrician told me that I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, well, you might not be. A, have you been stung by a bee as an adult? And I was like, no. <laughs> she's like, no, I mean, it's definitely sure. Sure. Like you should be safe. And like, right. maybe you know, if you have an EpiPen, like that's good. But you don't really. You might not be probably you probably aren't <laughs> allergic. And I was like, oh, my God, this whole time. This whole time I could have been loving bees? (laughs) Wait, did I just tell the story on the podcast about my bee, my worst bee day? I don't think so. When, (laughs) about like my yellow Star Wars t-shirt? No. Oh my God. When I was a little kid, I got a yellow Star Wars t-shirt and you know how you think that like yellow attracts bees? Yeah. I went to the farm that my cousins lived on and they were playing in the cab of like an abandoned truck. And so I went to play with them. And then all of a sudden they yelled bees and they jumped out of the truck, shut the doors. I was littler than them. And I was stuck inside of the cab of the truck and I got stung by three bees. And I was was hysterically crying because I'd never been stung by a bee before. They took me into their grandmother. She picked out the stingers. She put toothpaste on it. I was still like, I was shook. And so she said to my aunt, like, you got to, you got to, take this kid home because she's like hysterical from her bee stings and like it's not a fun day for her. So it took me home to my home, the farm that I lived upon. Mm-hmm. And I said to my grandmother, it's because I was wearing this yellow t-shirt and bees like yellow. And she was like, bees can't even see color. They don't care if you have a yellow t-shirt on. And I was like, I don't ever want to wear this t-shirt again. I want to take it off. And she was like, no, you're not going to like dirty another shirt. Just leave the yellow shirt on. And I was like, (laughs) and so 
Later that afternoon, she was like, the mail just came. Can you go get the mail? And I was like, I don't... You did not get stung again. You did not. Busy. I was like, I don't want to go outside. I'm scared there's going to be bees Mm -mm. out there. And she was like, for heaven's sakes. I was little... (laughs) And like, it was, you know, a rural area. So I had to walk up the road a bit to get to the mailbox. For some reason, I took an umbrella. Like I thought that would like somehow, like, (laughs) I don't know. I took an umbrella and I walked up the road. My grandmother found me laying in the road. I had been swarmed by thousands of bees. No! No! And stung hundreds of times. No! How did you not die? I don't know. All I know is my grandmother. I remember my grandmother coming to get me out of the road and like brushing. Hundreds hun- of times. I'm not even joking you. I don't think you could, you couldn't have been stung hundreds. You'd be dead. Biz. Or your or your Jamila Jamil. You know what I mean? <laughs> the owners, the owner of the farm, the, the main farmer guy was um, keeping honeybees and it was a windy day and I guess like a hive blew over and <laughs> they were mad and they saw that yellow fucking shirt and they were like, boom. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes. And so my grandmother called my mom to come home from work to take me to the hospital. Like, I don't know. I don't know why ambulances were never called in these situations. I just don't. Well, because they were expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They're expensive. True. So my mom came home from work and my mom also believed she was allergic to bees. And she went over to tell, before taking me to the hospital, went over to tell um, the neighbor that like something must have happened with the hives because the bees were swarming. And yeah. my mom said she had bees in her hair. And the neighbor was oh like, God. don't kill them. Don't kill the bees. <laughs> like... So she was like picking bees out of her hair. My mom got swarmed by bees. She did not get stung. But I got stung like all over my little body and went to the hospital. And they were like, that's what they said was, thank God she wasn't allergic. She's not allergic to bees. But I was real swollen. And I would not go out of the house during daylight hours for a really long time after that unless it was to go bowling at nighttime. That's the only thing that could get me out of the house. Well, that was a journey. And I never wore the Star Wars t-shirt again. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Your grandma's a jerk. For t- <laughs> Rest in peace. For telling you that that shirt didn't... The bees... I don't even know. I don't know if bees can see color, smell fear, whatever. I don't know. But they had it out for you. They hated me. They hated me that day. It was a really bad, a really bad day. A lot of stings. I had to get a lot of stingers picked out of me. It was really, it wasn't the best. But anyway, the upshot is... I'm really sorry. The upshot is that I'm not really afraid of bees, but I also have like a healthy... Because you're like, you're like, what... What's the worst that could happen? Like, Hundreds? Yeah. Swarm me and bite me? One bee sting? Dang. Come on. That's hilarious Come to on. me. Um, but I also know like that... You know, if you fuck with a bee, it will fuck with you back. So, you know, I have a healthy respect for... I think that's what Ice-T first said. <laughs> right? That's his That's his famous song. That's the line from his best Probably. Best probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. He, he probably knew about my bee situation. Yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> um, it wasn't great. That it wasn't great. Nuts. It wasn't great. Whoa. Well, that's life on a farm, man. You know, a pig will eat you. Bees will no, sting no, the fuck out no, of you. No. 
We don't need to. It's not my choice. That's not what I want. A bull I don't want will that. throw you if sure. you know that it's just. I mean, I. I can't recommend wow. it. I can't. No. I mean, here's the thing: like being a kid growing up on a farm, like that's that's a life that should be chosen by someone who is of sound mind and body. But I feel like as a kid, it wasn't my choice to live on that farm and it wouldn't have been my choice. And so, you know, I just think that I didn't, I didn't have an aptitude for farm living, you know? No, clearly not. Yeah. It's not, it's not for me. It's It's not not for her. So, like, when I see a Coachella, I'm like, that's basically, like, a music farm. That is not for me. I'll be indoors. It's not a music farm. I mean, I posted a thing. I, like, have gone so many times to Coachella, including the first Coachella, obviously. I, I mean, Los Angeles was deserted, I felt like, this weekend. Was it? Yeah. Well, it was also the Easter weekend holiday, too. True, true. I I assume that everyone was at Coachella, but also it was Passover. It was Ramadan. It was Passover and Ramadan and and Easter. Easter. So and Coachella. And Coachella. The four top holidays. (laughs) Um Yeah. I mean, it's weird for me. Like it's weird to I don't know. Everything's weird. But I like legit went every single year minus 2013 yeah. when I was pregnant with Crex from 20 to from 2006 from 2006 yeah until 2019 I went to every one ex- minus minus 2013 because I was pregnant with Cricket and I had to actually the weekend that all my friends were going I had to be in New York because I had like a money job and also there was two things in New York. I had a money job and this movie that I was in, this independent movie was um, at the New York or the Tribeca Film Festival. And so I wanted to like, that's a big deal. I wanted to like go and to the premiere and support it and everything. Yeah. So I didn't go that year, but Every other fucking year. And the first one. And then I went to the Bjork one. I went to another one. Been to many, many a Coachells. Yeah. From the time when I was like a teen. Yeah. Until I was definitely like, oh, I think I'm probably too old for the shit. But (laughs) I've had like so many good memories of it. Yeah. It's not a thing... I was like looking at like like Harry went on at eleven forty five at night, yeah. and I was like, in what world, yeah, sir, yeah, am I? I can't, yeah. That's like the choice you make is that you're not gonna go see any other band. You're gonna sleep right. all day, right? And then at some point, get up like in the evening and go to the show, right? But I would like go really hardcore because I love bands, and actually, I love festivals. And here's why. Because I really like seeing live music, but I don't need an hour and a half of your music. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. there are very few people, I would say, that I could, that I like gladly would just sit for close to two hours listening to them play. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, I know you would listen to Prince for in 
14, 16 hours Sure, 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 sure. Obviously. But I had a moment, like, I went to one of those secret Prince shows way back in the day at the Hollywood Roosevelt, and I had a moment, like, hour three where I was like, guys, I can't. It's too much for me now. Yeah. Now I've got to go. Yeah. It's late. I got to go. Yeah. And he was such a late It was an unpopular opinion. Yes. But it was mine. So, but, like, so a lot of times with bands, like, I feel, like, sort of stuck because... I want to see them live. I love live shows. Right. But unless there's like great seats or they're like really doing something. Yeah. Like a lot of bands just don't do anything. Yeah. They just sort of like play their songs. Like Harry, seeing seeing Harry with Birdie was like a special thing too because that's like a big pop concert. Like I think some of those shows are like those are like big shows. He's also you know a what I mean? performer. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about like going to see bands I like play. Like if yeah. you're going to Big Thief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't know. Or like you're Little like, Kids or, or I whatever. Could just it's listen like, to this on my stereo in the way to Target. Totally. And like, and not in no shade to any band that I love because I fucking love so much music. Right. But I would take like a 30 to 40 minute set over like an hour and a half any day of the week. And I mean that even like, quite honestly, even with Harry Styles. Yeah. Like I would, <laughs> like I would. Because it's just too, at a, after a certain point, I'm like, I have to pee. I want to get, yeah. I need a, I need a drink of water. I need to get something to eat. Like I got to sit down. Like there's just, uh, I have a limit. Yeah. So for me, I've always enjoyed the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival <laughs> because I like dropping in and getting to see like, oh, I like 35 minutes of Tame Impala and then I get to go watch you know, spoon for 45 minutes. Right. And then I get to go watch like some, you know, Sufjan Stevens right. play. Sufjan is like probably one that I would watch a whole, like I would watch him. Yeah. You love that guy. Hours, you love right? that guy. I love him. I, I feel like him. I never went to Coachella, but I went to several of the, the seminal, the first Lollapaloozas, both in same Casey, same Massachusetts and New York. I went to the one in Mansfield, Massachusetts that was legendary. I think it was the first Lollapalooza where they like set the field on fire, like fans set the field on fire, maybe during Jane's Addiction and uh, sure. and tore, tore down the the fence at the at the stadium, the place, wherever it was. But um, I don't like a festival just because of how you're stuck there all day sitting in dirt. So I've never, like, I would, if it had, like, if there was some type of, like, lawn chair, you know, pool lounger situation, I'd be so much more there for a festival, but. Well, I mean, I have to say, like, anything is possible with money at Coachella. Yes, yes. That is true. Yeah. They have these, like, glamping tents now. Yeah, yeah. That some of them even have little, like, plunge pools, I think. Oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like on the grounds. Yeah. So you can like go back and like chill. Yeah. I've never had that. Like yeah. that seems like a special kind of yeah. privilege. Yeah. Um, but as I've gotten as I've aged, yeah. My um perks at Coachella too have aged <laughs> and gotten better and bigger. Um and I just feel like for me, also, it's hard. I mean, it is hard. It's just a different thing. Like, 
I'm very much a person who like, you know, guys, obvi. Like I'm down in it. I like want to be a part of things. And I'm not, it's, it's not like I'm fucking, you know, Katy Perry or some shit, right. you know, like going to see bands. Right. Um, but I do like, sometimes like if it gets dark and people are drunk, they get really excited about white chicks or whatever. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like I got to go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So I like to have like a respite. So I yeah. oftentimes get like the you know, artist back at access yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is nice. Plus my friend Lindsay has worked for Golden Voice since she was like, like she's basically like the head of the thing now. Oh, nice. But back, you know, but she was like started out, out as an assistant. Oh my God. Years Amazing. and years and years ago. And now is like, you know. I feel like we could combine, th- we can put this on the list of ideas of things that we need to do with our lives. But I feel like we could combine the things that are important to us in like a club for people who are like over 35. Like only no sets longer than 40 minutes, mm-hmm. a soft floor, chairs. Oh, apparently at the country Coachella, oh fuck, what is that called? Stagecoach. Okay. Um you can bring in chairs. Oh, okay. Like that one they like trust <laughs> like they trust the country fans sure to bring in chairs. Notoriously um mature and responsible set of fans are allowed to bring chairs. I think um, anyone anyone at a concert at any time, it could be like a symphony orchestra and someone could get out of hand in the crowd. Could happen. I mean, agree. (laughs) But I'm glad for the stagecoach fans that they get to bring in chairs. I just think there needs to be like a club that is not so exhausting. (sighs) You know, and like, let's take the roof off now that, you know, COVID, so it's open air. Sure. Just a very... Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, when you said that, I I swear to God, I'm such a <laughs> bitch. I'm like, I needed to look it up because you're like, I believe it was the first Lollapalooza. I was like, nope. The first Lollapalooza was in Phoenix because I went to it July 18th, 1991. Um, That's it. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just mean the first Lollapalooza tour, not like the first stop on the tour. Oh, well, I was at the first stop on the tour. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I... um. Went to the first Lollapalooza. Who was in it? Jane's Addiction, obviously. Yeah, it was like Nine Inch Nails, were the, Susie and the Banshees. Was were the Beastie Boys? Did they play that year? Um, Who knows? They played some year. Body Count. I remember. Ice oh, Heat I remember. Was there. Ice Heat, Body Count. Yeah. Um, Phoenix, Arizona, nineteen ninety one. I remember being excited to see the Beastie Boys, whatever year they played. And that was a big deal for me. And I like Jane's addiction. It was all fine. Yeah, butthole surfers. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, of course, like Jane's addiction because Perry yeah, Farrell started Perry it. Perry Farrell started it. Um, mm-hmm. He also coined the term alternative nation when talking about the festival. Oh, there you go. That's amazing. That's amazing. Did you, wait, we talked about it, didn't we? What? The Woodstock 
documentary. Oh, yeah. I, d- I avoided going to that Woodstock because I knew that I was not a festival girl. But I remember everyone that I worked with went to that Woodstock festival. And the documentary revealed that, like, it was pretty horrendous. It was like like human rights violations happened. No, it was terrible. There. No, I told you I was like yeah. traumatized yeah. by watching yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, that's it yeah. Deeply upsetting. Deeply <sighs> upsetting. I didn't watch that documentary, but I think we know I, I mean, listen, Coachella really keeps its shit together because we know about Fire Festival and like it, what a nightmare that was. Coachella, I don't think, like, anyone ever has anything more than, like, minor, like, oh, the lines were long or it was very hot and there was no shade to get into the shade. So that's, like, a pretty good track record, right, for a festival? It's, like, such a machine. Yeah. It's a city. They build a fucking city. Yeah. And they are, like, they're so good at it. Yeah. Like, to know the logistics of what you need and what you need to bring in and how to do it. Brett reminded me, my friend Brett reminded me that when we went to Bjork, I, like, had forgotten, I guess, that we were going. And I got really drunk the night before. I mean, it was, like, a, I was, like, 21, maybe? Yeah. I think. Maybe. Yeah. It was before Dawson's, it was before I was on Dawson's Creek, anyway. All right. Um, And I was so fucking hungover. And he drove us out there. He's like, you got to go. We bought these fucking tickets. And I was like, I know. But, uh. And I was, so, I spent the first half of the day. He like ran off and was like seeing bands. And I went into the first aid tent and like laid down in the air conditioning. Uh. And like got fluids. <laughs> I feel like I got fluids. I think I did. Oh um, my God. But he reminded me of that. And I totally had forgotten. I love that, that you I was like treated the first aid tent like a hangover spa. It was. I was so tired and so hungover. And my friend Brett made me like go to see Bjork. And I was like, why do we have to get there so early? <laughs> like those were the days like we, when I was a teenager in like my early 20s and I'm sure, well, now I think you have to buy passes for the whole weekend, right? Like you can't just buy. Oh, you used to be able know. to buy in the beginning. Well, the first one that I went to was one day. Yeah. And then... They did another one like the same year. Oh my gosh. That was a day. And okay. then they went to two days. And then now it's a now it's three days. Yeah. The festival. Yeah. After the whole all the years of Coachelles. But um we were like when we were young and like broke, we would buy a ticket to one day. You would just pick like whichever day was the people that you wanted to see, right? Yeah. Like, most. And we would drive out there for the day and then drive back to L.A. that night. Wow. So insane. It's insane. We drove home. We didn't have a hotel or anything. We drove home. We drove back to Los Angeles after Bjork. My closest experience with Coachella is that one time Lincoln and I went to the flagship In-N-Out, which is in... um, India. It's in, you know, it's outside of L.A., Indio. Indio, maybe. Yeah, is it? Isn't it? It's the Bob Hope exit. Yes, yes, yes. Like near near India. Yes. It's almost India. It's like it's like in between the Palm Springs exit and the exit for Coachella. Yes. And um it was at the exact same time that everyone was coming back from Coachella. So just a lot of dusty people in in small outfits. Very small, very tiny outfits. 
I was never, even when I was like young and whatever, carefree, I was never a tiny outfitter. Yeah. I mean, that just wasn't my vibe. But like also it just wasn't the time. Yeah. Wasn't the time, wasn't the wasn't the vibe. Wasn't the moment. I feel like Coachella, I looked at one, only one roundup. I was like, oh, this I can get on board with Coachella fashion as long as it's not like as long as we're past uh, you know, appropriating cultures, wearing them as costumes. Oh, that was definitely at, I was there. I was there during that time. Thank God. Yeah. You know, that we're we're not I mean, doing I never that. But so yeah. I looked at like one fashion roundup and it was it was so like, I think the person just took a picture of, like, the first 10 people that they saw. And they were like, good enough. I'm leaving. But it was just, like, what did it... It looked like everything was from Shein, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm sure it was. Yeah. They said that what matching sets are in, um, wearing uh, short dresses. And Stop things it. that Please are stop it. That's not, Guys, that's not a trend. That's just... <laughs> Honey, and I was like, "This doesn't. This doesn't seem like it's really anything." But I did follow um, with delight. Our friend Gabby Fresh was at Coachella, and I did follow her Instagram stories because her outfits were all tremendously cute, and her her antics were funny. Wait, as well. what happened with Revolve? Revolve Festival at Coachella compared to Fire Festival. Influencers say the invite only Revolve Festival at Coachella was a di. Disaster. I don't... <gasps> what happened? I don't know. I did read that. And then I felt like uh, people were like, it wasn't invite only. It's just that the tickets are expensive. And people were like invited to buy tickets. And and other people were like, I had a fine time. It was fine. So I don't, I don't know if like... A, what is it? The Revolve Festival? I don't even yeah. know what it is. I thought it was like a competitor to Coachella. Oh. I don't even know. I'm. What is Revolve? I don't know. Clo- it's a clothing brand. I don't know. I'm too old for... Oh, and they do it at the Merv Griffin Estate in La Quinta. At the invite-only event featured a carnival-style swing ride sponsored by Venmo. Come on. All a boost. Right. This is like... This is where I'm like, we're actually in a Judd Apatow movie right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? A booth serving complimentary drinks made with Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila... Free food from Erewhon and free drinks from Celsius. Free swag galore and special performances by Post Malone, Jack Harlow, Willow Smith, BIA, and Lado. I know those are all very popular acts. Um, well, page six. We'll just cut to the... Because page six will like boil it down. Revolve said it is sincerely sorry for leaving influencers in the lurch at its... 2022 Coachella Festival over the weekend. The fashion brand issued a statement in response to the outcry over its star-studded event that was compared to the now-famous Fire Festival disaster, during which attendees were forced to stay in FEMA tents despite paying ticket prices between <laughs> $1,200 and $100,000. Oh, uh, my God. The, Revolve said, in anticipation of the high level of interest in attending Revolve Festival this year, Revolve worked closely with all appropriate city and safety authorities to ensure a safe and secure path for guests to access the two-day invitation-only event, a representative told E! News Tuesday, adding that city regulations mandate the company have an off-site location for guest check-in and parking. The representative noted that the off-site location featured shuttle transportation as well as rideshare access, but admitted the system started to falter Saturday afternoon when their event was getting full. So I guess it's that people had to walk very far to their cars, and um, there wasn't... It's basically like they're... 
they're being dropped off at the Revolve Festival. Right. They like drop Molly or they take their drugs or whatever. <laughs> you guys, I could could I sound more like a mom and a person who should not be at fucking Coachella? Um, okay. So they take their drugs or whatever. So they're not planning on drugs. So then there's shuttle service from the Revolve Festival to Coachella. I guess so. Who cares? I think the problem Why is, is going? I think the problem is that, yeah, people people said that there wasn't adequate signage to tell them where they were going. And I saw a picture of like an overturned barrier or something with people walking. <laughs> and I saw uh people decided to walk to their cars and it was a long walk. And they said people took off their shoes because their feet were sore and walked in the dirt. So I think it's like, oh my God, wait, wait, this is kind of amazing. <laughs> a TikTok creator called the festival a shit show saying she waited for five hours for a shuttle before eventually being told to leave. I flew out there thinking I had this big opportunity for my career. Uh, Adding that she had spent thousands of dollars to get to Revolve Fest, but then couldn't get in. Oh, no. I mean, listen, here's what I'm going to say. Like, when you are expecting content <laughs> and then you don't get content, that is a travesty. It is, but also I feel like this is this was content for her. Like that, no shit. You mine, you gotta, you know, throw a you know what? festival under the bus, mine it, and make you gotta mine that content, make girl. Lemons of, make, make lemons out of lemonade. If you, if we could do that, we'd be, we'd be all set. Anyway, I don't know. Music festivals aren't for me, and it's not an age thing. Although age has certainly uh, contributed to that, I've never been a musical festival bitch. Um, I love an oyster festival. I love uh, uh, an Italian American festival. I love a Greek festival. I love a street fair, but I don't love a music festival. It's just always been the case with me. And you love one? No, not true. You used to. No, I don't. It's not even that. It's like it was just a thing that I did. <laughs> and like it was just like one of those things that like we do this thing. Yeah, I do this thing. OK. And I do this thing every year. Yeah. And there's a group of people. We all do this thing. Yeah. Like Christmas. And some years I would be, like literally when I say. It's a holiday. Yeah. It felt you like a holiday. It. You meant it. I meant it. When they switched it to two weekends and we realized that weekend one was when things like the Revolve Fest happened. Yeah. We decided weekend two was our vibe, my group of friends and I. And then we would just like always go weekend two. It was pretty chill. We would see the same people there every year. Like, I mean, like people we know IRL. Yeah. Who also would go to Coachella. Like... And then, you know, I looked at the lineup this year and I was like, well, it's been two years, obviously, since they've had one. And I was like, oh, huh, yeah, I guess this all makes sense. Like, I'm not Target Demo anymore. Yeah. Like, it's not. And also just like music has changed culturally. Things have changed. Like, I'm just not. It's not for her yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's definitely for Bird, um, who is like a little weirdly salty that like we didn't want to take them to Coachella. I was like, I have no fucking interest in that. Like <laughs> you are not yet 14 years old. Right. Taking you to a music festival with like 60,000 people where it's like, you have sensory issues, Birdie. Right. 
It's like hot, disgusting, and dirty. Right. Like you, this is a child that as an infant, as a tiny kid, like baby, was like, wash hands now? (laughs) Like, I, you know, like this kid does not like the feeling of dirt. Right. There is like, like, Birdie's like the modern day version of the story Princess and the Pea. Right. You could put, Birdie is so sensitive. You could put like a teeny tiny little rock in their something, right. shoe. And they'd feel And they it. would feel it. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to walk. They I would get sit that. Down. I get that. So also, I'm like, kid, it's not, trust me. Yeah. You got to go. I'm like, go when it's like you and your friends from yes. college and you're yeah. on your own. Yeah. And you don't, and your mom isn't like, why aren't they meeting us at the meeting spot? Right. What's right. happening? That's what I was going to say. It's the kind of thing that you want to go to on your own, not a family field trip. That's what I, well, I mean, I don't know. We're kind of cool parents. You know what I mean? I'm serious. But I think a cool parent says like, yeah, this isn't the kind of thing that we, we, I think you were cool to say no. That's what I did. I, d- yeah, I did. I yeah. said, we don't do this together. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, the cool parent move. Or... Or, in other words, this doesn't concern you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need you to see your way out of this conversation right now. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Bye. Well, well, we should get to what we are doing our best at quickly because you have to go pick up crickles from school. So what are you doing your best at this week? Other than successfully not attending Coachella, despite... (sighs) really. I know. Um, I feel like I'm doing my best at uh, continuing on my like recommitment to health and wellness and my working out and like finding the balance of like things that feel good and make me feel good and not like doing tipping to the other side, the self-flagellation slash like punishment side, yeah. which I have been known to dip into in the past, like for instance, so last week I had two big press days, you know, for Girls Five Eva. And the first one was like a later photo shoot, two photo shoot things. Yeah. And I I like was like, oh, I'll do like the 30 minute cardio jumping around because it makes me feel good. So I did that. But then the next day, like my hair makeup started at 6 a.m. Mark wasn't, you know, like, like I said, like I was just, I was alone with Cricket. Right. So the babysitter spent the night too, so that they could, she could like take Cricket to school. Cause I had to like get my hair makeup done and go. Yeah. But I just was like, I'm not, not waking, waking up at 5am to do, you know, yeah. to like, yeah. I just was like, I'm, I'll be too tired. I had a full 12 hour day of, oh my God, so bright of talking, <laughs> talking nonstop. Um, and I just couldn't like comprehend. Well, just what I knew it wasn't going to feel good. Right. I knew I wouldn't feel good. Even, even when people are like, I know I like feel like it and then I get, do it. And then I feel so good. Like, that's the kind of thing where like it, I actually would have had to wake up at like four forty five because they can't, you know, they came, you know like, what else five, feels good. Sleeping. Mm, sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, that was the call I made. And I feel like it was the right, the right call. And like when I was in Charleston, you know, I've been like trying not to eat 
things that make me feel bad. Right, right. Things make me feel bad sometimes when right. I eat them. Right, And I haven't been feeling great. And but when I but also when I was in Charleston, we went to Leon's oysters and fine poultry, which has like the best fried chicken, and I love it. And I was like, well, I'm gonna eat this. Right. Obviously, fried chicken, yum. From Leon. <laughs> but it's not like I'm ordering like KFC. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. You're just well, moderation, right? It's like Every moderation is very hard for me. It is hard. And I think it's hard for anyone. I think it's hard for, well, it's not hard for anyone, but I do think it is really difficult. And I think it's something that you mature into. And because the reason why I say this is because how many old people have told you moderation is the key. And I think right. that they're, they just started doing moderation like two years before yeah. they, you know, I think yeah. it's like a lifelong process to get it is to a point where you can like enjoy things in moderation and employ things in moderation, you know? And so I was really proud of you when you said you didn't work out today and like you seemed very cool about it and not like, like feeling like you fucked up or like you wrecked a perfect streak or whatever. No, yeah. I mean, it and and I had that, like, there was a part of my brain, truly, because I've, like, been posting my workout videos again, like, sort of for accountability and whatever. Yeah. And there was a part of me that was like, fuck, like, last week when I was doing the press, I'm like, if I don't work out today, like, then that's, I won't have, like, seven days in a row or whatever. And I was like, for who? For what? Right. Who fucking cares? Like, I blame perfect I, attendance awards in elementary school. I think they Well, you know, really, I never got one. They really fucked us up. Never got one. Wait, I was talking to Chrissy B. Chrissy. Shout out, Chrissy. She loves the pod. <laughs> um, but she was just saying, like, we were just talking about, like, she also had a long, dark winter that led to some habits that she's like, I need to not, that's not making me feel good. Like, I right, feel terrible. Right, like, yeah. I don't feel good. Yeah. And so she's, like, sort of getting back into things as well. And we were just talking about that thing of like separating, like being feminists. Right. And, and like looking at other people's body with generosity or like not even generosity, just like no judgment. Yeah. With no judgment. Like, or like I even look at appreciation other and love. Appreciation, yeah. totally. Yeah. I like look at other people's bodies with, at this point, no judgment. Like not, I mean, not entirely, but uh, most I've like retrained so much of myself right. to like look at my, like I don't notice when friends have gained or lost weight. I also like <laughs> other friends of mine have said this to me. It was like, it's a, bad quality but like I don't even notice when people get plastic surgery like or like or like get like injections and yeah. I'm just like I have like trained myself to sort of like see past the superficial the physical and yet and yet and yet and yet for yourself like, yeah for myself I can't and I was said to Chrissy I was like we never stood a chance like yeah. when we the way that we were the culture we were raised in like we've worked so hard to try to ring out so many of these terrible toxic ideas and the last place that we can like get it dripped out is ourselves and it's just almost impossible and I like 
was looking back at Katie Storino's body talk book yeah. and just some of the things that are great in there, like just like looking in the mirror and being like, yes, like just even just retraining yourself. Like, yes, you look great. Yes. Right. You look hot. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and like, it's fucking hard. It's a mind fuck. It's such anyway. a mind fuck. And yeah. And that's a thing that I've tried to like train myself in. Like, you know, we, we've talked a lot on the podcast about like adjusting your social media diet so that you are hearing other voices that are people mm-hmm. that are, you know, have a different background than you. I also really curate my social media feed so that I'm seeing all types of bodies and, Same. you know, and when that's I, been incredibly helpful to me in the last several years. Yes. But even so, even when I look at someone and it's not even generosity, it's like a gift to me. Like I look at someone who's like, you know, whatever, like a a fat activist or like a body positivity or body acceptance um, person. And I'm like, this person is so objectively beautiful to me. You know, I look at Lizzo and she is nothing but like a gorgeous goddess to me, but I'm not generous with myself in that same way, like thinking, you know, I'm really tough on myself. And it's like, it just, it fucks you up. We get a lot of these ideas early on. And I guess like, you know, even with like having people, having someone in your life saying to you, like, you look great to me now. And like, I, you know, you looked great to me then, but you look great to me now. Like even that, like it can help, but then also, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's hard. It's the biggest mind fuck. It's the hardest one to let go of, I think. I, I, for me, it has been for me yeah. too. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hope, you know, I'm acutely aware of like things that I do or say around my kids. Yeah. And specifically, like, that's also part, I didn't make a deal about like, I'm going to eat fried chicken tonight. Like, right. I'm being that bad. Wasn't, I, no, I, but not even I'm being bad. Like right. I didn't make, it was just like, this is my order. Right. Like I want this. Right. You know, like I try to not do that thing. Right. Um, as well. And I, you know, and my kids seemingly have like a very sort of non-existent relationship with like bodies and whatever. That being said, like, Birdie is naturally very lithe. Yeah. And like, you know, so I don't know if that's, if part of their like disconnection from like food being a thing and weight being a thing is because of their own just natural body type. Right. Or, and like if they were to like gain weight or whatever their body changes if they will have that thing or if like it is a good indicator that there is kind of like a cultural shift happening for younger generations. I mean, then you see like, oh, social media is causing like preteens to have eating disorders and blah, 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 blah. Like I just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's I hard, just, it's I, hard I, like, to, te- yeah, I guess that it, it's like even much more than like a chicken and egg conversation because I think preteens have probably always been predisposed to eating disorders. And we know that even like thin girls have been taught to hate their bodies and to feel like their bodies should be different or better. Um, I do wonder if like, 
Well, it's not a contest, right? It's not like an Olympics of like who has it worse or whatever. We can only know like our own experience. But I do know that like people say all the time, people admit all the time, like like we all hate our bodies. We've all been taught to hate our bodies, but life it can be easier when you're smaller because you don't have to worry if you can like fit in a plane seat or wear, you know, the sample size clothes somewhere or, you know, people tend to... I think comment with concern a little more um, when you're when you're heavier than when you're thinner, even though that there's no, not necessarily any correlation between you know health issues with very thin people versus very very large people. But it's just it's the it's the hardest thing to even though we logically know like where we should be and mentally like where we should be, it's the hardest thing to let go. So I'm just proud of you for trying to like keep at it. And I am. And I'm trying because I'm also like, I do go the other way, you know, like so quickly. Yeah. Like I like spiral so fast both ways, like both directions, which is what happened to me like sort of over the winter. Like I just was like in a real depression and like couldn't like, I was like who gives a fuck I'm just gonna drink this I'm gonna drink this whole bottle of rosé right, right I'm gonna drink I'm gonna eat this whole bowl of fucking stuff that's gonna make me feel terrible and that's punishing tomorrow. yourself in a way too a hundred oh my god which you don't a hundred percent you don't think about it because you think it's like a treat and like you're just letting go and just giving yourself what you want but like we know that like all candy is bad, you know. All, all. I feel so much better. I mean, like, I not all the candy sh- is bad. I mean, like, right, right, right. Eating only candy is bad. Nobody feels good when they do that. I do feel like just in these last few weeks of not eating. I mean, the only sugar I'm really eating. I had. I like. It was like a beautiful day last week when I picked cricket up from school. Um, she always enjoys a SpongeBob pop from oh, the yes. ice cream man. Yes. But he had soft serve. And so I like had a soft serve, which I was like, I, don't, I mean, who cares? Like I, you know, I right. didn't again, yeah, well, I'm trying to not make a thing out of it, but I'm just saying in terms of sugar, but that was like, I've been just having like fruit and I don't know. I'm just trying to like not put hard and fast rules on myself and at the same time, like, I'm trying to get back in touch with, like, my body and what my body wants right. and what it's, like, right. asking for. Well, that goes back to, like, what we were saying at the beginning, moderation. There's a big difference between having a soft serve ice cream cone when you're out with your kid or, like, sitting down with <laughs> a half gallon of ice cream eating the whole thing because that's like those are different purposes that you're trying to yes, accomplish. A hundred parasites. You know, and <gasps> having a glass of wine is different yes. than saying I'm gonna drink this entire bottle of wine. Can't wait to drink this entire bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Th- there are different purposes for Oh, I had like we went out for Paula Pell's birthday, sweet Paula Pell. And I was, you know, with my girls and Sarah Bareilles and everything and I had like a martini I had a martini and just the one. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I've ever just had one drink. <laughs> but it was kind of like nice. It was yeah. nice, you know. OK, what are you doing your best at? Because then I have to go get cricks. Then you got to get cricks. Um, I am doing my best at, I think, just like asking. 
I do this thing sometimes, and I think probably all people can relate. I do this thing where I expect people to read my mind and to know what I'm thinking. And then like, it's almost like becomes a test. And then I get pissed off when they don't pass the test because they don't even know me at all. They don't even know you. And like, I am just like, I think I'm just getting over that. I get, again, I think like maturity and I'm just getting over that. And I'm like, how the fuck are they supposed to know? So I'm just getting better at like, just specifying what it is that I need, you know? So like, for example, Lincoln is staying out of the house for um, a few days. He's working, he's house sitting for someone. And obviously I'm nervous, even though we have like precautions in place with, you know, he has like seizure detection watch and, you know, and so the helicopter and me, uh, helicopter mom and me is nervous about that. But also, like, the passive-aggressive, like, I'm like, you know, old me would have been like, he should know to, like, you know, to check in with me. And, and like, when he doesn't, I'm going to be really steamed and then I'm going to, like, let him have it. Right. You know, and I'm like, why the fuck am I? Like, he's doing it. Th- I don't know what he's doing. We're apart. That's, like, the whole point of it and why it's probably exciting for him, a kid who's... And he doesn't know that you need him to check right, in. Right, right. So, like, last night, I just... You know, I hadn't heard from him in a while and I hadn't gotten like a a seizure alert or anything, but I was like, just texted him and said, hey, I know you're probably busy. Can you just give me a thumbs up and let me know you're okay? And he was like, yes, thumbs up. And then that started a whole conversation. It didn't need to, but like he probably, he was just doing his thing and he like fucking forgot. And like, thank God, you know, I'm glad he's in a place where he can like forget for five minutes that he needs to be in constant. He's like a grown man. He's about to turn 20 years old, you know? But he's not, he's never lived out of the house because of like all of this, this whole world. And, you know, and so, but because of like particular issues that are happening with him, I was, I just felt like I had to be honest, like, listen. I know you're an adult and I know logically you're fine, but for me to be fine, I just need to get a thumbs up from you on my phone. And he was like, yes, of course. And like, and even if you ask from, like that could have very easily like ticked him off and he could have been like, oh God, like, but that would be on him. You know what I mean? Like that would be on him if he was mad about it for whatever reason. Like I wasn't asking for a lot and I, I was like, I realize now I don't have to worry about like what someone's reaction. Like I'm allowed to say like to someone in my family, like I need to hear from you. I just, even if it's just like a thumbs up that you're okay. Well, here's the thing, guys. I want to say this because I recently also have come to this in the last little bit of time. Everyone has a choice. They could say no. They can say, go fuck yourself. But if you don't ask the people in your life for things that you need from them or you feel as though you need from them, then when they don't show up in that way, they don't provide those things, that's not on them. That's on you. But if you make very clear in like a non-emotion way, this is a need of mine that I'm noticing and I would just really appreciate it if whatever it is. Yeah. And the person will be like, either like, oh, weird. I had no idea. Or, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or, well, I don't know if I can do that for you every time. I don't know. I just don't know. Right. And like, 
That's it. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just like, it's, you know, and I think that, well, I think that it's proven to me that like, especially with my family, like they love me and they want to put my mind at ease and it's literally nothing to be like, oh, thumbs up. You know, it's, I'm not asking, what are you doing right now? I'm not asking things that aren't my business. I'm not asking, you know, I'm not asking anything. I just want to know that you're like conscious and okay. And, you know, and they're happy to give that to me. So that's lucky. And I think like, you know, it might be hard with your family, but I think like, I don't know. I think you can make a case for, you know, if that's something that you feel like you need, I think you can make a case for asking for it. And hopefully they'll see like, that's not a lot to ask for from someone who loves you, yeah. you know? No. Yeah. And that now I no. just have to but work even on if it's, doing it out in the rest of the world. Right. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, even if it's like other, thi- even if it's other things, like, I guess my point is that if it's a need of yours, you don't need to be concerned. You shouldn't be concerned about whether or not it's too much to ask of right. someone else. Right. If you identify it as something that you need. Yeah. Then it's under your umbrella of like being able to verbalize it and ask for it it's like on you right and the other party involved will decide whether or not it's if it's too much to ask or not and then you decide if that's acceptable right right and then guys this is just about relationships we're just (laughs) talking about relationships here and then this is what why is this what is this listed under this fucking podcast because um, I have no idea what this podcast is, but that's a good question. It feels like it should be like under something else. <laughs> it's not because it's not com- it's not comedy. I mean, right. sure we have some laughs, guys, right? But it's more like it's under like, society and culture. Oh, okay. Well, I guess <laughs> okay, I gotta go get cricket. I love you. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Love Bye. You. Bye. Oh, no.